0: The following podcast contains naughty language and ridiculous situations. Listener discretion is advised. Occasional guest on this show, as well as author, Grady Hendrix is going to be having his new book coming out on July 13th. It's called The Final Girl Support Group. And it's going to be an awesome book. It sounds like it's going to be great. It's all about a girl who uh, is an actual final girl from a massacre, is in a support group with other girls, in a massacre, but one of them does not show up, so they think the worst. What possibly happens? Who knows? But there's more added to this story because it just dropped that Adrian King, the one who played Alice from the original Friday the 13th, will be supporting her vocal talents as she prepares to do the audiobook of said title. So, if you get it on audiobook, or if you get it in regular book, just get the book. Radio appreciate it. Welcome to Trick or Treat Radio.
1: Welcome to episode 467 of Trick or Treat Radio. Trick-or-Treat Radio is the world's most dangerous podcast and is recorded in front of an undead studio audience here at Castle Wolfenstein. Also at the Lair of Lost Swag within the Raven Chateau. Also Casa Day 50 and the Lair of the Gods. We are live albeit late if you're watching live. Uh, Raven Shadow's computer decided it needed to do a Windows update, and it is literally the slowest computer on the... F- it's, it's not Raven Shadow's computer. Let me just say it's the studio computer. Um, we purposely bought a computer that really could only connect to Skype, and that's it. That's really all it does. It does one thing, and it doesn't do it exceptionally well either. Job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one job. And then when it has to restart and then Windows update, it takes fucking 30 minutes.
2: (laughs) So it's kind of like Raven Shadow. It has one job and it doesn't do it well.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So
1: yes, we are live. It is episode 467. And uh, on this evening's show... Uh, we're going to be talking about the film Vicious Fun, the Shutter exclusive. Uh, just dropped uh, somewhat recently, and uh, so it is available on Shudder if you guys want to give it a look if you haven't already, and uh, we will be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, excited to talk about this one. I think it'll bring about some interesting discussion, and then as always, uh, we like to play Voice Messages. And we have one or two as of now. So if you guys are listening live, feel free to send in a voice message to podcasts at trickortreatradio dot com. And that is, uh, if you've seen the movie, let us know your thoughts on Vicious Fun or films we've done in the recent past or the ancient past. Or you're just checking out something cool and you want to tell someone about it. You're excited, Raven Shadow. What's something cool you want to? You're excited
4: about? Uh, that's coming out. Or I. Experience. Oh my god.
1: I asked you a question. You don't ask me one. What are you excited <laughs>
3: about?
1: I'm, I'm, ec- you? I'm excited to talk to
2: my friends tonight. I'm excited to talk to my friends, too. I've been real lonely, Johnny. <laughs> can, I- can I just say he proved my point?
4: <laughs> <laughs> what point is that, Ares?
2: The, the fact that he's not good at his job. You asked him a question, <laughs> and he couldn't even answer it.
4: <laughs> that reminds me to a meeting I had at 11 a.m. today. Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) Those are not good meetings right before lunch. Oh, they're awesome. Yeah, my my 11-12 went to 11-1, to so that was
1: really fucking good. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah. So, uh, we're talking about Vicious Fun, and uh, we'll play any voice messages that you guys happen to send, so feel free to send them our way. And uh, we got some other stuff. Uh, In, let me just see uh, how many weeks. In one, two, three weeks, we celebrate our nine year anniversary. So that will be the show that it will be on July 29th. And if I'm not mistaken, we either launch the show. Nine years ago on July 29th or the 30th. I don't actually remember. It's one of those two days. I'd have to look back. But uh, it's right around that time. So it's uh, you know coming up on the nine years. So if you guys, typically for the milestones, uh, people like to send in voice messages. We always welcome them. This one especially, I'd love to hear. We, we are literally listened to in every single continent in the world. And not all countries are raven shadows, we found out, but quite a few. So, I would love to hear from people of different countries and and our regulars and our long time listeners and our friends and you know I'd love to hear from people, and you know i don't we don't have a specific topic to talk about right now, but um you know maybe we'll come up with some ideas and but if you guys have any ideas for us, uh, please feel free to let us know, and uh, we always love hearing from you guys on those uh, milestone shows. so nine years. Uh, coming up in three weeks and uh, should be should be fun. So wow, I feel fucking old. MZ turned fifty. The show's turning nine. <laughs> what the
4: fuck? No, I mean this show outlasted my marriage. I mean, there's some weird. <laughs> like, weird milestones going on. Um, there's some other milestones. I'm not sure if we're talking about it on air, but yeah, it's been some. If we look at the 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 timeline, you know, who to thunk it.
1: Um, not me,
0: not any of us. Yeah. We figured this would be, you know, cause I mean, as a group, you know, in various forms, we've all, you know, taken on endeavors that possibly could, you know, for lack of a better term, put us on the map. And, uh, we've tried various different things over the years, over the past 20 years or so. And, uh, they've they've uh, ranged from not going anywhere to being further behind than we than when we first started but this uh, this show here that's been going on for jesus 9 years is uh, it's it's our biggest success story so far headed by Johnny Wolfenstein of course
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm proud of that but <laughs> <laughs>
0: no Dude, be proud of it don't be a dick be proud of it <laughs> be proud of it. I don't know. I mean, look, look, Raven Shadow couldn't even hold a marriage together for nine years. Okay. You well, help, he, you know, you know, well,
1: you, you didn't even like, try, to be to be fair. You haven't even tried, so.
4: Yeah, yeah. I can, <laughs> I can hold my kick down and I don't eat what I'm allergic to. You know I didn't have a doctor? Penicillin. You know why? Allergic to it. You know what? Raven Shadow's never got a spider bite.
0: I haven't. Raven, no powers.
1: Uh, MZ <laughs> has got like four <laughs> he, of them.
0: He keeps that shit up, and he's not going to make it to fifty either.
1: He he's also never been gotten uh, a poison caterpillar to not not bite you, but touch just touch you, right? Just
3: fucking it, touched it, you.
0: The hair. Look, let me explain the the whole situation with the caterpillar. Okay, <laughs> something landed on my neck. Okay, right here, it landed right on my neck. I did. I didn't know what it was, so I I kind of rolled it a little bit so I could just pick it up and when i did that the hairs on the on its back embedded into my skin you know i I, at the the time i didn't know it but i saw oh it's a caterpillar well i'm not going to kill it i just i just put it on the ground and set it on its merry way but the little tiny tiny little hairs just stuck into my neck and it made a welt like like the size of like say like a a piece of ziti. It was ridiculous, ridiculous, or a size of rigatoni. It was ridiculous. It was huge. It was like this. It
4: Little Massa Zero, tuffet. eating curds <laughs> away. A lung came beside him and came down a poisonous caterpillar from Maine what? and said, hey, "What's in your vein, blank? You know what I mean?" Um, <laughs> oh my God,
3: uh, <laughs> you <the> need
2: a it? <laughs>
0: I didn't want to say that. We anything. need to have a book of
2: that. <laughs> I just love the go to sizes are food. Yeah, yeah. Like a I mean, most people say
0: nickel size or a quarter size. No, rigatoni size. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't a it wasn't a, a circle, it was a it was a strip. It was a long strip of of raised skin. Not everyone knows what the fuck rigatoni looks like. Well, if you don't know what rigatoni looks like, maybe you should uh, look it up on the internet. They got pictures of rigatoni on the yes. internet. That's, I, that's what that everyone wants
2: when they listen to a podcast is homework.
4: <laughs> rigatoni. Oh, yeah, do you have Trick or Treat Radio? I'm going to go on uh, rigatoni.com tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe subscribe to that service. I
1: wonder if they, I got to check. Is there a rigatoni.com? I'm afraid of what am I might find.
2: It buy it. it if if it doesn't exist. Buy it.
1: Yeah, we can do the we can do something with that rigatoni.com. It's it does say it looks like a placeholder, but it says uh, there's a link for rigatoni recipes, whole wheat rigatoni, gluten-free pasta, baked rigatoni, rigatoni with sausage, vodka rigatoni.
0: Yeah, Tony's good, man.
1: That should be that should be someone's nickname. Someone named Tony you should call him Rigatoni. <laughs>
3: So, uh, we, we know a Tony. We I think we're it. sold yeah. on that. Yeah, we do no
0: got
2: Tony.
3: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> rigatoni. <laughs> it's
0: so sweet. Come on down. Yeah, what the fuck? Sweet Rigatoni.
1: <laughs> as big as a caterpillar. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, one, actually, one thing I did want to talk about... Um, <laughs> The unfortunate uh, MZ. This is kind of an impromptu coffin corner, but uh, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about Dick Donner.
0: Yeah, right. Rest, rest yeah. in peace
1: to Richard Donner, who has, uh, you know, created some of the the great movies of the of our time. I guess right.
0: Yeah, Moonies, Weapon, Superman, Superman and two, and two, yeah, yeah. Lady Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk, yeah, Lady Hawk. Uh, music videos. Uh, he did The uh, uh, Omen.
1: Yep, he did uh, Scrooged.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was awesome.
1: Yeah, he did do uh, Cyndi
4: Lauper *Goonies* are good enough.
1: Um, video.
4: He also um, he yeah. also co with uh, Jeff Johns a couple of issues of I believe it was *Action Comics* uh, with Andy Kubert artwork, uh, Andy or Adam Kubert, right around the *Superman Returns* era. I mean the dude's fantastic right I mean I mean to be fair 91 is a really good run um, oh
0: yeah uh, yeah that's yeah. fucking you can't feel good. you can't feel too bad for that I mean 91 is a damn good run
4: cuz I'm pretty sure he was our age well not Monster zero but he was like the rest of us um, age when superman came out right if he's if we're you know you know on the in the middle side of not 50s you know what I mean but <coughs> he's so fucking good big up, sticked on it,
1: dude. Oh, He also did uh, Assassins with uh, Stallone and Banderas.
0: Oh, wow, really?
4: Should have been a lot more awesome than it was. I want to see
1: that again. Speaking of Stallone, he just turned fucking 75.
0: Yeah. And he looks awesome. I mean, the (laughs) guy guy still looks like he's cut from granite, for Christ's sake.
2: Yeah, no steroids there. (laughs) Um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) Just like Johnny. All pure. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like
2: yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, first time I saw Superman, man, it was just
4: Superman,
1: incredible. man.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Superman, man. Superman, man. <laughs> Superman. Superman,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just an amazing movie, and I I think part two is even better than the first film.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's great.
0: It's it's so good, so good.
4: Yeah. Well, and before it gets twisted, about the Donner cut, um, whatever the fuck. I, I love Superman too. Is a fucking masterpiece, the theatrical cut, in my opinion. But I mean, what what he did, he made you believe a man could fly, and that was the template for every, um, you know, superhero based film that came after it. And, and and it was just fantastic.
0: Thank you. Here's how, here's how great my timing is. He did part one and part two. I saw part three in the theater.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> hey, come on. Hey, yeah, you know it had Clark versus Superman. I, I can't complain about that. And yeah, we, yeah, you can. We'll let
2: you because it was I'll Superman three.
1: Did <laughs> did uh, did Superman four even play in theaters? Do you? Do they remember? Oh yeah, yeah,
2: oh, yeah. It God. did. God, was terrible. I remember that? It
0: yeah, did. It didn't last
4: long. But that was involving, like, the fucking kinds too, because, um, which I believe is on, like, the canon documentary um, about shit like that, like, yeah. how the kinds would, like, cherry-pick money. Okay, this money was used for this, but I think a good chunk of that budget was then parlayed into the Masters of the Universe movie. Um, yeah. You know, and shit like that it was very fucked up. The effects were down, yeah. and I believe that Reeves didn't want to do it. But he got like either a writing cred, or he gets to like have a hand in the plot. And
1: it wasn't. he You should admit to that if that's true.
4: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. There. It wasn't. It wasn't anyone involved's fault on what came out from that. But I would still say that Superman three, as bad as it truly was, to Empty's point, it had the legendary Clark versus Superman brawl in the junkyard. Which yeah. was terrifying. And for me, sorry, fucking Bill from uh, Kill Bill, Carradine. Clark is the real person. Superman's the mask. And that movie, that scene, reinforced that. And it did have crazy drunken Clark, Superman rather, with a beard, flicking the
0: peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> Using know. his laser vision to warp the mirror and shit.
4: And not nothing. Sorry, Johnny. One second. He had sex with um. Robert Vaughn's uh, Girl Friday without having to give his fucking powers up. up okay? You yeah. can do it, you know, Aries has got a war. I'm not I know at least one time you can knock Das Boots without fucking you know going to war. So Clark can totally hold back his powers. Right? Sure. That's a compliment to you. <laughs> Say you- I
2: really I'm I'm I yeah, uh, okay. Go ahead. Continue.
4: No, but like just cause you it's because you can you can bust doesn't mean you can't be, you know, loving caring
2: to your partner. So he knows how to pull out. Okay, continue.
3: Oh my god. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I had forgotten who directed Superman four. It's Sidney J. Fury. And Yes. Nick he, Fury's cousin. He also directed Iron Eagle One and Two. Wow. <laughs> jesus and uh, what else the jazz singer did he really direct the jazz singer
0: He'll, oh no no that's all that oh wait the jazz singer
1: yeah since says he's uncredited
0: is that the one with you or is that all that jazz I'm Thinking of i probably i think i'm thinking of all that jazz
1: yeah the so jazz, part, jazz singers versus, with neil diamond yeah
0: it is okay all right
1: um, let me see. Yeah. So he, he did Superman four sandwiched between Iron Eagle one and two.
2: <laughs> Jesus. Well, I mean, in his defense, someone comes to you and goes, you're going to direct Superman four. You're going to say yes. Even without a script. Oh yeah. For based sure. Based on Superman
0: oh, one and two.
1: No doubt. No yeah,
0: doubt. Sure. And there's no doubt. I wouldn't doubt it that he didn't have a script either.
1: <laughs> oh but shit. He- no, no,
0: no one can't, no one, uh, canning Golan and Globus, it wouldn't surprise me. i off the press every day. Just here you go. This is what you're filming today. Okay.
1: <laughs> also, <laughs> Sydney Sydney J. Fury also directed The Taking of Beverly Hills. Have you guys ever seen that?
3: Oh,
4: with uh, Ken Wall?
1: <laughs> yeah, with Ken Wall, Matt Frewer. Yeah. You know, Rob, just, Robert, Robert Davey, Lee Ving.
0: Ooh, Lee Ving. Robert yeah. Davey.
2: Nice. That's a fucking killer cast. Yeah. yeah. I remember that name.
0: I can't like picture it though. Robert Davies is a shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's that a good guy, guess. That guy is, That guy is Brooklyn through and through.
1: Also Branscombe <laughs> Richmond, I, re- I recognize him. He was in uh they he did some stunts in They Live and he was in Hard to Kill and Scorpion King. I recognize his face. This man, I got to check out The Taking of Beverly Hills. Word. Word to snurb. <laughs> no, it's, my mom was a... The cover has Ken Wall holding a Maltov um, cocktail in like a like a tux with the bow tie undone.
4: Yeah, it was kind of like the... I think it probably inspired rolling down Rodeo with a shotgun. It might rage against the machine. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: yeah, Sydney J. Fury, there you go. Oh man, I haven't seen Superman 4, The Quest for Peace since maybe the 90s like
4: early 90s it's not good but i will say this uh um, actually technically it was the only other film that uh gene hackman was in because they shot to my understanding uh one and two back to back so he technically didn't do any additional oh. for for part two so it's funny he came back for that but i do love the fact that um when when Clark gets a letter from the kid named Jeremy, huh, um, to uh, what a jerk, to, asshole. Um, to he rid the world of nuclear weapons. He rolls up to the UN, full costume, illegal alien to Earth, and takes over everybody. Says, effective immediately. I'm taking all the nuclear weapons and I'm causing world peace. And every fucking nation. You got Kazakhstan, Latvia. You got fucking, you know, everybody's claps as this guy rolls in and takes every fucking weapon and they all go for it. You got some balls, Clark, to do that. That's why fucking Superman's awesome. They let him fucking do it.
2: They really didn't have a choice. You <laughs> he, he notice how he didn't say, can I have your nu- nuclear weapons? It was, no, I am taking your nuclear weapons. All right. It's a great scene. That was a panic clap. Yes, yes, please. stake
0: our
3: weapons.
1: <laughs> the um, I forgot that John Cryer was in that.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah. and, <laughs> and uh,
1: the the actor who played Nuclear Man, his name was Mark Pillow.
4: Mark Pillow, yeah, which could be a porn name. Um, <laughs> Isn't
2: that out? like the only thing he did, was that?
4: I'm
1: checking.
2: Yeah, he was a Chippendales
0: dancer.
1: No, he didn't. He was well, even an actor. At that time, it was the first thing he had done, yes. Um, and then he also did Wise Guy, uh, t- a TV episode of Wise Guy. And then he was in a, a TV series called The Alaska Kid, which looks like it was a German show. Or Aust- Austrian, I'm not sure. but
4: yeah. like The Alaska from Germany?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Alaska came <laughs> from Germany. Yeah. Was
3: it Alaska or Alaska?
1: Alaska. <laughs> was like- Alaska. The state. Although you don't know geography, so it doesn't mean anything to you.
4: Did Germany conquer Alaska in this alternate verse? Jesus. Fucking nuclear, but it was playing- nuclear, man. But yeah, Cryer played Lenny Luther because of the yeah. double L. Uh, Thing in the uh, Superman mythos, and oddly enough, uh, he's a big Superman fan, and also is is Lex in the uh, Arrowverse, which is very funny. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. He I, I never, head.
1: I never made it that far.
4: I only, I didn't want Supergirl where he debuted, but I did catch him on the Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, and he actually was not bad. He was actually better than uh, who's who's the fucking competitor movie, he's, yeah he's eh. close <laughs>
2: no Wait. then then uh, batman versus superman there whatever that yeah. kid's name is
4: eisenberg right
2: oh yeah 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 which which that's not really saying much well oh, fair fair but i mean just- cuz eisenberg was playing the riddler pretty much right but- correct correct
1: Corny wants to know, is Raven Shadow Superman
4: 4 apologist?
2: Seems to be.
0: He fucking tried,
4: man. You know what I mean? It was fucking Guy and Globus. What is it, Monster Zero? It was the. Golan uh,
0: and Globus.
2: Golan and Globus. Golan and Globus. Their budget was butchered, but we've seen
0: great movies with less of a budget. True. Well, that was because this one was was so you know effects heavy. I mean, look at the frame rate of when Superman is flying towards the camera; the frame rate is so choppy, it's ridiculous. It looks absolutely terrible, and it it's so noticeable.
4: And I will forgive uh, rebuild the Great Wall of China vision that he doesn't <laughs>
2: have. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's put special effects aside. It was a bad movie. The oh, story okay. is bad. Yeah. I mean that's that's essentially what I'm saying. It wasn't a good movie. It wasn't a uh, it wasn't a good movie with bad effects. It was an awful movie.
0: Yeah, in every in every possible aspect of of the film. If you even want to call it a film.
4: No, I wouldn't say that. I think it it took All right. So the budget was cut. You dramatic. are an apologist. Wow. Because I am. Thank you, Colin.
0: <laughs> wow, defended Superman four. The dude
1: you, do you like Meryl Hemingway that much?
4: Yeah. <laughs> and that one episode of Tales from the Crypt, which took her top off with no reason in the basement. Yeah, your boy was twelve there, son. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your the boy Christ. was twelve. <laughs> Our super companion, the Margot Kidder, arrested Um. Actually a better a better Lois would have been uh um, Marion Ravenwood from Raiders, would have been a uh, Karen Allen, would have been a far superior Lois Lane. And it, it, I struggle with the fact that she had to have been in the auditions, I would think.
0: But I digress. But no, I think would it was Raven Shadow, would you say that part three is better than part four, or vice versa?
4: I would say three is better than
0: four.
2: I, my- really, okay. you, does that pile of shit smell better than that pile of shit? <laughs> <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> the shit you took today is better than the shit the shit you took yesterday. That's it's an MZ direct
4: quote. <laughs> sometimes yes, sometimes yes. So I mean, at least with four, it got very topical. There was, you know, the you know uh, the Cold War was going on, and the fact that once again. Superman got involved um, to do things. It was very topical, very Reagan era. Doing some stuff. I, once again, imagine the implications of that. If that was done nowadays, you'd have, of course, Batman would show up and fucking have to stop Clark. Like what happens on page two? Um, which I'm also sick and tired of Clark playing the villain in these alternate storylines. Like Bruce is so much fucking unhinged. Like he's the one that's going to go rogue. I am tired of Superman going fucking off the, off the rails, but it's a different conversation. Well, you are a Clark, si- Clark sucker after all. Oh, yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> also Bruce
3: Bane, too, you know what I mean?
1: So. Uh, Double D says that was the ep- that was the episode with Andrew McCartney. I'm not sure what that was in reference.
2: Probably Tales from the Crypt. Maybe, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, he says, I, I remember do- that Tales from the Crypt episode, episode uh Raven Shadow. It was the love potion one.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you, D. Uh, Evil Corny says three and four are both better films than Superman Returns. All
4: right, Corny. slow nope. talking. No, I, I, <laughs> so nope.
1: I, I will. I Superman I Returns know, was a bad. good was a good film. Like it was a good portrayal of Clark and Superman. There was just no action. There was like so like if yeah. there was more action in that film, it would have been much better.
2: Well, there was the action they had in that movie where it was metropolis was going to chaos that was outstanding where he was just trying to control everything and how he tried to do different things i thought that was done very well but the lifting of the kryptonian island i mean that yeah you know and there was there was other little things in there that were that were good but all in all it was just not a very good storyline yeah. but Superman was portrayed very well.
1: The the plane scene I thought was awesome, but you need to have a knockdown drag out with Superman. Correct.
4: Here's the thing, both of you guys. There was no knockdown drag out in Donner's film. Well,
1: I, you, you absolutely, well he, you're absolutely right. Um, and I know that that was a spiritual sort of successor to Donner's films. That was what it was supposed to be. But they did have the technology to do more at that point in time. And... You know, like you couldn't do a Doomsday uh, type of thing. In Doomsday, wasn't even around back in the Donner films. But you know, they, you know, they. I, I I get it, and and you're right that it is more similar to that. But at that point, the bar hadn't been raised in superhero films like that. You know,
3: and I can see
4: that point. But keep in mind, oh, he and, right, people can't get over the fact of the Donner movies. They gave right, wrong or indifferent, they gave the fans here's a continuation of the Don of films. And people still didn't like it. But I think the plane scene was
1: beautiful. That oh,
4: was awesome. That was, that was the best scene in the movie, I think. And it showed the physics involved. It showed the fucking that you can't just fucking stop a fucking plane.
2: Um, oh, he, yeah, tries to grab the wing. Yeah. 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 It yeah. was awesome.
4: And that being the D V D art. Um, the Gatlin gun shot him in a motherfucking eye. You know what I mean? Along with the bad vibrations line from the reef cut, and he listed a fucking Kryptonian mountain. Can he do that when Lois and his fucking fucked up step kid that he left fucking Earth? I'm not saying there's not flaws in the film. I'm not saying there's not things that are inaccurate, but <laughs> I'm not saying they're not flaws. That even Superman's a fucking deadbeat dad. Um, <laughs> Does that make, you, like,
1: that make you feel better about yourself, Raven Shadow?
4: i <laughs> <laughs> I just I just, signed, I just renewed the contract until I didn't renew. The contract. Um, <laughs> but, but that scene was getting fucking kicked in the fucking. Those guys on the islands is getting fucking kicked by fucking Kumar, <laughs> like fucking Kumar is downright terrifying.
2: I don't know, man. I, but uh, well, here's go ahead, oh, here's yeah, go what on. you're forgetting about the the Donner films is that that was a two-parter essentially. It was two movies, but it was a two-parter. So there was the knockout, drag down fight at the end of it.
4: But he didn't fight. He didn't brawl anybody. He didn't throw
2: bones at the end of the two parts. Yes, he did. What did he punch?
0: Zod. Thanks.
2: No, all of them. Sorry, I'm sorry. You said two, you said two. I didn't know you said. Two. I said the two-parter. Yeah, you said. Oh, two. I thought- the, the the Donner films are a two-parter. They oh, built to that fight.
4: So I pull back your beard. I thought. I thought. (laughs) Wow. uh,
2: I'm sorry. Stop and listen to someone else talk for a change.
4: (laughs) I will will let you go. I thought you meant the the origin of Smallville and then coming to Metropolis. So forgive me. I apologize.
2: So yeah. So not remotely anything what I said. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) MZ's gonna gonna start glossing over. He likes the you like the Dick Donner uh movies, right, MZ? Oh hell yeah okay so it's
3: oh yeah
0: yeah yeah, look superman returns is you know I, i i saw it and i didn't think too much of it probably because you know at that point all we had were the first four films we didn't have any other superman films at that point yeah so you know my You know, and I grew up on those films, and especially the first two films, the 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 quirky characters that were in the first two started kinding kind of start waning off a little bit in the third one, and then I felt like was completely gone by the fourth film. But you know, I, I kind I really liked that that the the quirky style of characterizations that they had for their for for the people in the film I thought they were they were great you know you know silly dialogue silly jokes but it all you know and, and quirky attitudes and personalities but it all fit in this world that Donna created uh, in Metropolis and the Daily Planet it just it just worked for me the way that that whole thing just fit and. Uh, When it got to returns, that was completely gone at that point. It was taken much more seriously, and well, I guess time right.
2: Yeah. Oh no, that's that's the difference in comic books between the seventies and the two thousands. The seventies, you know, you had those quirky little characters, and it was all fun and jokes and everything else. That was what comic books were at that time. By the time Superman Returns came out, comic books were a lot darker. And those goofy characters were gone. And that movie reflected that tone of the comic books.
0: All right. All right. So I, you know, because I never read the comic books, I wouldn't know anything about them. But, uh, I, you know, I did notice the much more serious tone that the, that the movie started to take. And that kind of took me out of it. You know, I kind of like the fun, goofy, you know, like Perry White. You know, I mean, you know, he's 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 rambling, he's he's uh, he's constantly moving, he's constantly talking, he's that he, oh that you know, and, but it's done with such a tongue in cheek attitude that you just can't help but love the guy, no matter how much of a dick he is to the people that, that work for him. Yeah. You know, uh I, I I just I just really enjoy those films so much more than the films that we have now. It's, oh yeah, it's really- well, I
2: mean, I'm and I'm not arguing that Superman Returns is a better film than the Donner movies, but it is a different tone because it is was made in a different era. Now, as far as Perry White goes, Perry White and Superman One and Two, outstanding. He he was the the comic book Perry White, and any Perry White that has come since then has just tried to imitate that Perry White and to. Mixed reviews, in my opinion. Trying to capture his his tone and the uh, I don't, the, the the way he spoke. The I can't think of the uh, what I want to say. The syntax, syntax. Yes, sin, the syntax that he used, and that it was very unique to that character. And it, that is one of those things that's held through the comics. The way he spoke, and hmm. no one has. Done that as well as that actor who, and I don't even know who that actor's name is. I'm not that familiar with he him. Was but the, he just,
0: uh, Jackie Cooper. Jackie Cooper. Jackie was, Cooper. Yeah, he, yeah, was, yeah. A, yep. yeah, he but, was a member of our gang. But yeah. Uh, Little Rascals.
4: Oh. Um, but no, I mean, it was Jackie Cooper. Um, or at least the film Perry White. No, Jackie that,
0: Coogan. It's Jackie Coogan. Yeah, it's Jackie Cooper.
4: Co-
1: Cooper. It's Jackie Cooper.
0: Oh, That's is it Cooper?
1: I, yep. I thought it was Coogan.
4: Okay. You're you're a Coogan. 50-year-old <laughs> Coogan. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie Cooper, and then for Lois and Clark, it was um I'm forgetting his name, but it was the guy from my cousin Vinny. Um, the other lawyer, the the. the, the oh. No, the oh, the. Pro- The guy stuttered.
2: No, 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 no no, no. the the prosecutor,
4: the prosecutor.
2: Oh, oh, oh! Damn,
0: I don't remember his name. Um,
4: actually, uh, Spinal Tap. Who was not Christopher Guest in Spinal Tap and Lenny from Lane Smith? uh, Lane Smith, the great, the great Lane Smith. Yep was um, was TV's Lois and Clark, Perry White. Um, and uh, I'm shaming me. Spinal Tap, Laverne and Shirley. Who was Lenny? Oh, Fuck. Michael McKeon. Thank you, Michael McKeon was TV Smallville uh, early Perry White, and then oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. The drunk. We I should watch that over your house, Aries. That was nice. Um, and uh, Frank Lagella, not for nothing, fucking Skeletor like a motherfucker was Superman Returns Perry White, and then you get Larry. Oh, F- yeah, see, and then you get Larry Fish as uh, Man of steel perry white which to be fair i think there's never been a bad version of commissioner gordon alfred or perry white cinematically i think they've all fit their their respective versions if someone wants to agree or disagree
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, well i'm not saying that the pre the, the uh perry whites sort of came after a bad I'm just saying, they all fail in comparison.
4: Well, it's true. I mean, I, I had a conversation uh, recently. I mean, you—it's you, fucking Christopher Reeve, right? I mean, everyone can be great. And as much as I love TV's Tom
2: Welling, it's fucking Christopher Reeve. Oh, who is Superman? Yes, Christopher yeah. Reeve. Yes, He's
3: absolutely.
1: Wait, wait. I gotta. I gotta. am just looking at the cast of Smallville. Terrence Stamp played Jor-el.
3: Yes. Yeah. that's,
1: that's kind of cool, huh?
3: Wow,
4: really. When you fucking laughed at me for watching that. Still well, that I'm
1: picture, still going to laugh at you.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just didn't know that.
0: <laughs> oh, well, no shit.
2: Well, they had a lot
0: of uh, little nice little winks and nods in that show. You know, I'm really I'm really kind of disappointed that Terrence Stamp did not become a bigger star after Superman 2. I mean, his portrayal of Zod was just amazing.
4: He's in that camp of actors who made the characters better. Because like Zod in the books is really whack. And god damn it, as much as I love um, What's-His-Face who played New Zod, um, I adore him. Michael... Um, fuck. Chickless. No,
3: Michael <laughs> yes, Michael Chickless. <laughs> Oh, God.
4: Uh, Michael Shannon. I love Michael Shannon. And Michael <laughs> Shannon. I love uh, both of those guys. Um, I, like, Michael Shannon couldn't say fucking Neil at any point in the fucking right? He couldn't uh, throw it in. He couldn't what? Throw in, like, a Neil before Zod. You know, like, Neil.
2: Oh, Neil. No. No. He Thanks. could have
4: he he
1: said Neil before Vod.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what? Because Terrence Stamp said that so perfectly, I don't think, I don't think it would have worked with anyone else. I think it would have been a laughable, just because of the way it was said in the original movie. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. it, it was it. just so good.
1: Evil Corny says, "I agree with you, Raven Shadow. You still on notice for being a Superman four
2: apologist, though." <laughs> and, and you know what? I, I'm. I'm happy with the career, uh, Terrence Stamp had because he never blew up. So he's just one of those guys that you just see and go, "Hey, you know what? There he is!" Like he just pops up in everything. Yeah,
1: he was. In so a lot it of just it.
2: seems like, well, it just seems like he's had, you know, he's able to survive. Like he's never had to wait tables. It seems like. Oh no! But he's, he's just yeah, he's yeah, a,
1: <laughs> he's a pretty big star. I mean, you know, like he was in uh, *Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert*. He was in *The Limey. Uh, he was he even yeah. popped up in um, uh, Phantom Menace, right? Or one of the Star Wars... Uh...
2: That's right, the Phantom Menace, yeah. Because I, I just was, caught a bit of that the other day. I was like, holy shit, I forgot he was in that.
1: Yeah, because he, just- he was the Chancellor of Valorum who, you know, they did the vote of no confidence so that uh, Palpatine would, would be in charge.
0: Oh, shit, that was him? Yeah. I never yeah. even noticed. I never fucking noticed. See, and that's that's why
2: I'm happy with what he became, because he just kind of quietly pops up in so many different things and does an outstanding job. Uh, and no, actors that do that and are able to stay just under the radar, stay like real. They they don't become a caricature of themselves.
4: Young Gun, sir, he's fucking John Tunstall. Exactly. I wanna meet I wanna meet Darren. I wanna meet uh Kurt Russell and Terrence Stamp. Both of them at the same and, t- at the same time? Yeah, I'll do a three way. Do
2: a <laughs> three way. What the fuck? Man, you had to make it weird.
4: A meet and greet three way. Like how you doing? How you doing? Yeah, oh boy,
1: shit. Um MZ, you mentioned this I think last week or maybe the the week before that, but uh Terrence Stamp is gonna be in last night in Soho. <laughs> It's the Edgar, oh, is he? the Edgar Wright movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. No shit. Wow. So he'll be in that. Cool. Nice. All right. I want to start to wrap things up because uh, we we did start late because of the technical difficulties. So I want to get to the movie in uh, in short time here. Uh, so we, let's see. So we're talking about doing a Patreon show, uh, this weekend. Raven I missed the conversation cause the computer is down, but I'll catch you up on it after Raven Shadow. but, uh, we're going to be doing a Patreon episode and we're going to try, hopefully try to do something a little bit different or something we haven't done in a while. Um, so, uh, we'll see how that goes, but hope we will uh, hopefully record that this weekend and then it'll be out very shortly. But, um. Yeah, I'm excited to give this a shot. We're trying something new um, that we haven't done in this way before. So it should be cool. I'm not going to give all the details yet just in case it doesn't work out for some reason. But uh, but I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. So looking forward to doing that. So for Patreon and then also Raven Shadow, we did the blackout tapes, the Dependence Day Celebration blackout tapes. you want to talk real quickly about that?
4: Oh, no, it was very exciting. That's right. This past uh, Friday, uh, July, before the 4th, um, we had our new installment of Blackout Tapes. It was great, very well attended. I want to thank MZ and Aries for showing up. Oh, no (laughs) way. So, aside from that... um, yeah, you know, I, I can't name everybody, but it was it was it great conversations. And I gotta say, it's definitely the blackout tapes for a reason because I might only remember the spaceballs conversation that went on for a long time. But no, big ups to everybody. Johnny showed up; he was a team player. He didn't complain or try to escape, so it was very nice. I was there we, for like uh, three hours? Yeah, you you went you you lasted long time. Um, we played we played some video footage of our. Uh, uh, Trick or Street Radio, Episode 50, Miami Connection. The Miami Connection, yeah, we played that. Yep, and it was so much fun. Surprise, people. So thank <laughs> you, everybody, for hanging out and contributing. I uh, I had a blast. Um, I used my tablet that uh, that Mary helped set me up with. So I used my headphones for that. That was very nice. But <laughs> once again, thank you to everybody that hung out. And uh, I can't wait to do another one uh, as soon as we can. Thank you.
2: All right, you'll see if I show up next time. What you the fuck? Sh- you don't remember me show up this time? See if I show up next time. Fuck you. I know. Show up. What?
4: Did Harry show up? Oh, Reverend Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: by the way, Marion says Terrence Stamp is greater than Malcolm McDowell.
0: Ooh, that—that's a—that's
2: that, that, something we don't really have to time to get into right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna need to dedicate an entire uh, show for that one.
2: I'm not picking a side, but yeah, we're not getting into that right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, it was a good time. We did the uh, blackout tapes, and uh, hopefully, everyone enjoyed it. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll keep you guys up to date when uh, we do another one. We also got some other ideas in the works. So the thing that we're doing this weekend. Uh, for a Patreon show. If that happens to work well, we might expand that out and do another type of uh, group event. So I don't want to say too much. Just (laughs) want to make sure we can get through it and everything works. So we have a little test run and then uh, it'll be something that we do that we add to our repertoire that we do every now and then. So, So yeah, so we appreciate everyone's support so far on Patreon. If you guys are interested in helping to support us there, feel free to go to patreon.com slash trick-or-treat radio. And uh, you can join for as little as $2 a month. And uh, you'll get all the bonus episodes, the audio version, um, and you'll also get access to the Discord server and also blackout tapes. And if you want to go up in tiers, uh, there's other sort of like little treats in there. So give it a look, patreon.com slash trick-or-treat radio. If you have been meaning to do it and you haven't done it yet, just give it a look. Like we, we got some good some good content coming up. So some of the content will be one time only things. That's that's the thing we're trying to, to do a little bit more of. Like the blackout tapes. We don't record those for better or worse, Raven Channel, right?
4: Oh, I kinda wish we did. That <laughs> came up too. It was some good conversation. And then we're working on some different things on the side. But yeah, no, it's it's one and done, baby. One shot, maybe if you're there, you remember. If you don't, you don't. Or if you were there, you may not remember. <laughs> Uh, transcribed <laughs> right. so yeah
1: so we're trying to do some more one-off type stuff as well uh, and those are the kind of things that just won't be available to listen to and or participate in later so uh, but feel free to check it out patreon.com slash trick-or-treat radio and help support us we'd appreciate it we're now going on uh just kind of to Just to for the running tally, 467 weeks in a row without missing a Friday episode. Well, releasing on a Friday, I should say. We've changed the nights that we record and or live stream, but always every single Friday, as they say, Raven Shadow, what is it? What what are the things you can rely on in in life?
4: Death, taxes, and trick-or-treat radio every Friday morning. I hadn't said that one in a while. I'm surprised you remembered yeah, I know. I, I've listened
1: before. <laughs> long time, long time listener, first time caller. First time, long time. <laughs> All right, so yeah, give that a look. And the other ways you can help support us, you can head on over to trickertreeradio.com. Scroll down, look for the Amazon logo. You click that, you or or as the kids like to kids like to say, you smash that link, smash that button, and it'll bring you right to Amazon, and it inputs our affiliate link. Doesn't cost them any extra, Raven Shadow.
4: Well, it's another way to help keep the lights on.
1: That's right. You click it, brings you to Amazon, inputs our affiliate link. Everything you purchase, it'll get attributed to us. And uh, yeah, it doesn't cost anything more. There's no reason not to do it. You shop on Amazon, anyways, use our link. We get a little cut. Also, Trick click on the store. There you're going to find some digital goods. We've got Trick or Tree Radio volumes one through three, the greatest hits. You know, we've been doing the show for almost nine years now, coming close to nine years. Uh, We really don't expect you to go back and listen to all 467 episodes. I mean, if you did, that'd be cool. You get some extra bonus credit maybe, but you don't have to. But if you want to get a glimpse into our history, you can go ahead and uh, check out The Greatest Hits. And uh, you can hear all the highlights, the lowlights, the midlights, everything in between, the songs, the arguments, the interviews, all kinds of stuff. So give it a look and uh, help support us that way. And finally, as I mentioned, we love hearing from you guys, podcasts at com. Feel free to send a voice message. The way you can do that, there's a couple ways. You can just use the uh, voice recorder on your f- on your phone. Uh, I believe most smartphones these days have one just inherently built in, or you can download an app, just record it, and then you can send uh, email, podcast at com. Or alternatively, the other way you can do it is just go to com, click Contact. And then leave voicemail, and you can leave a voicemail right there. Even on your smartphone, you can do it that way or on your computer, uh, any way you want. And then as soon as you – you have, there's a three-minute time limit, three-minute limit. Um, so if you go over three minutes, it'll probably cut you off. But uh, just kind of keep an eye on it. And then once you're done, it just sends it right to us. It emails it right to me. So that's also a very easy way to do it. I don't talk about that all the time. Um, but that is another way to leave a voice message. And also, I don't talk about this often either, but if you guys could leave us a five-star review, uh, it would uh, warm our uh, dark, cold hearts. And uh, especially on Apple Podcasts, that's where we get most listens, although we are on every platform now pretty much. So, uh, But not every platform offers the opportunity to leave a review. But if your platform does... Uh, Give us a rating and then let folks know what you dig about it because there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and every day there are new podcasts. And, you know, we have a very solid fan base and listenership and we have a very um, uh, loyal fan base and we, we, we love you guys, but we also want to reach out to new folks. But there are just so many podcasts out there. It can be very difficult to get through to new people. So you guys leaving reviews helps us to move up the charts, and will help get us into the ears of new listeners. So that's something you guys mm-hmm. can do if you dig what we do. Just go ahead, leave a review, share it with a friend, if tell someone about it, share it on social media, or um, you know, like I said, leave a review uh, and let folks know what you dig about it. Right, MZ?
0: That's right. Thanks, Corny.
1: <laughs> what, do you, what do you say?
0: I said thanks, Corny. Yeah, he's, well, uh, he's our uh, he's our constant listener.
2: Oh, hes uh, not on, the we, only one. Yeah, <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> by mentioning one person, you're leaving everyone else out. <laughs> well, actually, we do get listened to on every content.
0: I'm leaving that one person out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Evil Corny says. Um, Aries, when you're back in the studio, liberate that Clockwork Orange poster for me, please. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's it. Those are the ways you can help support us. We'd appreciate any help, any and all help that you get, You guys can give. It is not cheap to do this podcast. I mean, maybe for most podcasts, it's it's a little bit cheaper, but we do... Uh, Since we're in four different locations at this point, and we're streaming live, we have to pay for the software it takes to do Uh, that—a bunch of subscriptions that keep the show going. I wish I could. Maybe sometime I'll show you guys my what I have here set up. Uh, I have three screens all operating the show, and a big mixer down here. And um, you know, it's not cheap to do. So any and all help you guys can provide is uh, huge. So consider help. Supporting us, and uh, we try to give you guys something back in return. So we appreciate it. Uh, oh shit! Double D says, "F i Z. I'm nobody here." Oh See? shit! That's why yeah. you don't name people because you're gonna <laughs> forget. That's what about why, creepy girl? Well, that yeah, and that's why I said all of our listeners and fan base. You 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 put them into one huge loving adoring bucket. Not pick out people. You old 50-year-old asshole.
2: <laughs> Please forgive him. He's old and senile.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm crazy. And I think I just shit my pants. <laughs> Creepy girl isn't with us right now because she is visiting. Uh, no, she's visiting in the chat. Her. Oh, is she? Yeah.
1: Tune into the fucking chat, dipshit. <laughs> oh, Tune into the
0: chat. I'm, I'm too busy doing the show. <laughs> and watching baseball. Yeah. And you- watching baseball. I'm, wa- I'm watching the Mariners and Yankees game.
1: That was earlier today. Why are you watch it now?
0: Yes, because it's the only free game
2: that's on right now. <laughs> hey, you know what? You could just concentrate on the
0: show.
1: Well, let me let and me I do. MZ, let me let me spoil for you. Logan Gilbert was fucking awesome. Gave up one hit and struck out eight.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm watching it right now. He's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, top of the sixth inning right now, and the Mariners are up three nothing. Yep, he goes seven. And, uh, Gilbert <laughs> has gone sick today, so.
1: Yes. And I'm pissed because I didn't put him in my lineup. <laughs> 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 All right, enough about baseball. I know that's... these folks don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, though, Double D, he was in our fantasy baseball league for one year.
0: Yes, he was.
1: The Double D's delicious dips, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, I, think that's,
0: I think that was the name of it.
1: And Raven Shadow was in the baseball league as well. He was the uh, cell block six not for nothings.
2: That's true. Yep. That's true. And, and I'm, g- I'm going to take a guess. He just set his roster and walked away.
1: <laughs> I think you ended up being a ghost team by the end of the year.
4: I think yeah. so. I just, just picked all of the Red Sox of the 2007 Yeah, like Trotnicks and
1: Johnny Damon, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, enough, enough <laughs> baseball. No one wants to hear about that shit. All right, we're going to take a break in just a moment. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Vicious Fun. So, Raven Shadow, let us know, what did you do to prepare for m- this movie? What did you do to get ready to watch Vicious Fun?
4: Oh, I need some gas, Johnny. I need some gas. Uh, it's a funny story. Uh, so I pull into the, uh, the the Five full dollars serve. worth. Is it's, 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 it's going to come back to you? Uh, so I pull in, and there's a car in front of me, and there's a uh, you know a man, uh, and all he gets out of his car. It's full serve, by the way, all white. And I kind of recognize him a little bit, and he's got some you know you know a little bit different. Uh, He's got a a snake tattoo on his. his I got a snake, man. I got a snake, (laughs) man. Snake tattoo on his uh, top of his palm, like the the black uh, Spider Man costume where the white would be. Like, it's on his, like, not the palm. What's the opposite of the palm on the top of the palm?
2: The
0: back of the hand? Back of the hand.
4: (laughs) Um, How do you not know the the back of the hand? Well, I was sick that day. So I'm like, he's wearing like a white vest and shirt. And I'm like, hey, buddy. It's full serve. You don't have to get out and do it. And he's looking at me like, huh? What? I'm like, it's full serve. He's like, okay, thank you. He starts pumping his gas. I'm like, all right, whatever the fuck. So out from the bathroom comes the regular attendant, who looks kind of, does like look like, kind of like Michael Chiklis from um, TV Shield. And I'm like, oh, he's going to get pissed, but doesn't. And walks over to me. And I'm like, I know, man. I'm like, hey, what's up, brother? And I'm like, give me 20 on, uh, on one. And he's like, 20 for you? What, would you get a raise? And I'm like, hey.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, hey, no, you know, I'm, I'm you know, feeling good. What, did you get a scratch ticket? I'm like, yeah, I won five bucks today. You know, prices are going high, but he was, he busted my balls for, you know, getting 20 bucks on uh, on pump one. And I go to ask him, I'm like, hey, man, that guy just, you know, started doing the full serve by himself. Can you do that? He's like, well, he's kind of my best friend. He owns the package store up the road. I'm like, well, that's really funny. I guess he's kind of my best friend, too. Um, you know, and then, oh, we laughed because we drink. So I had uh, I got a of gas, but so I drove home, put the movie on, strapped on you go through your week with
0: the same old routine what you really want is some blood and thunder in your life well friend you found it the Chromecast is an adventurous journey through the history of two-fisted pulp stories with your hosts john josh and luke we have action
1: horror an adventure all through the lens of pulp luminary
0: robert e howard don't just stay in your ordinary life. Find your pulp
5: life at thecromcast.blogspot.com. The Cromcast. The Cromcast. The Cromcast. A podcast for the barbarian at heart. Thank you guys for having me on. It's a blast. Mm-hmm. You guys are awesome.
3: Thank you so and,
2: much. And, you know... Um, Trick or treat radio man That's where it's at That's the new Fangoria radio Is trick or treat radio
5: Don't say that (laughs) You really put us under It's like like swearing in church You just jinxed us
3: (laughs) You you put a lot on our shoulders Just now We can strive for greatness You guys are awesome You really are You got a great show
5: Oh delicious nerds Ms. M knows you like to chat it up With other sexy shut ins About comics Movies Video games And your favorite TV shows If that sounds like you, cuddle up to the Trick or Treat Radio Facebook group, or the FIB. That stands for Fan Interaction Board. Just go to Facebook and search for Trick or Treat Radio and have more fun than a Jedi at a lightsaber sale. Not enough? Watch us on YouTube, The Deadites TV, all one word. Last but not least, check out the world's most dangerous talk radio show, Trick or Treat Radio, at trickortreatradio.com. (laughs)
2: bar nachaus <laughs> bar my baby door is door bar yo roll over right somebody be your back somebody oh
3: my nachaus
1: We are back on Trick or Treat Radio. And we're going to talk about Vicious Fun. You guys excited to talk about Vicious Fun?
0: Have Vicious Fun talking about Vicious Fun? (laughs) Yes. All
1: right. Vicious Fun. This film is 101 Minutes, and it is uh, directed by Cody Callahan and... Is uh, written by James Villeneuve and uh, based on a story by Cody Callahan. And the film stars Evan Marsh, Amber Goldfarb, Ari Millen, Julian Richings, Robert Maillet, Sean Baek, Beck, uh, David Keckner, Alexa Rose Steele. And it also features Christopher Bowman. As the fucking amazing cop, I, can't <laughs> I think he was, I think he was my favorite cop. Although all three were pretty awesome, Christopher Bowman, Mark Gibson, and John Frey. And the synopsis for Vicious Fun: Joel, a caustic nineteen eighties film critic for a national horror magazine, finds himself unwittingly trapped in a self help group for serial killers. With no other choice, Joel attempts to blend in or risk becoming the next victim. All right, so Vicious Fun is uh, available on Shutter and this is uh, I believe a Shutter exclusive and uh, I want to get the release date correct because I think it just came out on I want to say um last week. Uh just looking for the date here. Uh yeah, regardless it just I'll find the date but it just came out on Oh, it looks like maybe end of June. Okay, I thought it it was July, but it looks like it was just sort of the end of June. And I believe, so let me check out the director, Cody Callahan. I don't believe we've done any flicks from this director before, although he has directed a few films that I recognize seeing, um, like, you know, out there on streaming services he did uh, "Antisocial," "Antisocial 2, "Let Her Out," and "The Oak Room." Hmm. Have you are you familiar with any of those, MC? No. Nope.
0: Antisocial. Antisocial. Antisocial Two. What were the other two?
1: Uh, the Oak Room and Let Her Out. No, none of them. Okay. Um but I definitely have uh, seen, you know, when, when, whenever I'm looking for films to discuss on the show, I know I've come across um, his films in the past, but this is the first one that we're checking out. And, um, and it looks like he has another project in the works. I, I read about it earlier on Twitter and I forget the name of it. Um, I think I could pull it up real quick here. Um, Yeah, uh, I'll Take Your Dead is the name of it. He tweeted – actually, this is a couple years ago, so maybe – all right, never mind, never mind. I'm I'm looking at his Twitter, and it looks like um, it hasn't been updated very much in the last uh, couple years, so that may be an old scoop. But um, anyways, uh, for stars in the film, um, obviously there's a few that come to mind that we recognize, and we've talked about him many times, and that would be Robert Maillet, uh, Aka Kurgan, um, yeah. Former WWE, actually was was Kurgan in the WWF or WWE? I think it was E at the time, right?
0: Uh, no, he yeah. was definitely was F. 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 Was definitely in the F. Okay. Yeah, it was the
1: uh,
2: Attitude Era, tail end of the Attitude Era.
1: Okay, so Robert Mae, and obviously he's carved out a pretty good acting career for himself post uh, WWE slash F. Uh, you know, he's, he's been in, uh, 300 Pacific Rim, Sherlock Holmes, um, uh,
0: looks like with Kevin James last year that we reviewed. Oh yeah. Becky, Becky, where he chokeslams a 13 year old
1: girl. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, he was also in Polar, which was, uh, Aries number one film of the year that year.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, he played Sluggo in Deadpool two. Oh, he's in that, um, that show the strain which I actually kind of dug that show for the first season anyways um but yeah i mean he's he's been a, a lot of shit he's carved out a nice little career for himself after um leaving the WWF slash e and um you know obviously he's he's a pretty sizable dude so he can get you know when when a role calls for a big hulking sort of giant um he's kind of perfect. And he's got good presence and he's got good charisma. I think. I think. I think he's a. He's made a good turn as an actor. Uh, Also, Julian Richings, who we have recently seen in a couple films that we did recently, in uh, Anything for Jackson, and um, what was the other one? Holy shit! Um, Spare parts. parts, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Just couple weeks. You got the rubber tug tug in the bathtub. Yeah, that's right. And speaking of Superman, uh, he was Lore M in Man of Steel, Raven Shadow. (coughs) It's kind of bringing it around.
4: Uh, Yeah, I I don't like the Krypton shit. (laughs) You're not into the Krypton shit? No, I like Jor-El. I like Lara. I like the rocket exploding. Um, I like the fact that, you know, much like in modern times, hey, the climate's changing. We're going to blow up. No, it's fucking nothing. Everything's fine. Nothing's gonna happen. I can relate to Jorel so much more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, uh, David Koechner. Um, obviously, we you know I think everyone would rec- recognize David Koechner. Uh, most notably, he is uh, Todd Packer from The Office, um, and oh. and also Champ from Anchorman. Um, yep.
4: Are the <coughs> the two that jump out? He was good in this, man. Like, he, he wasn't too office or anchorman y. No. But, and also, do not forget, uh, Thank You for Smoking, which was a fantastic oh, book. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, there I am. Um, it was a fantastic cast. I love that book. I read it when I had to quit smoking for some dental surgery. Um, and the movie was it's close. Too bad. It's too bad you didn't stay quit well i i killed you quit but, uh,
1: you quit quitting
4: i quit quitting yeah, yeah <laughs> no. but he was he was great he was great
1: yeah uh let's see, i think there was okay, I don't think I recognized anyone else um m z does the name Joe bostic sound familiar
0: uh bostic, yeah, it does. Uh let me see where you find it here.
1: Yeah, he was in um oh he was in R- R- Rabbit that uh the Sasuka sisters remake. Um, well, that's
3: it. it, it. He yeah, was also in he it. Was in, he was Mr. Keen
1: in it, yeah. Okay. So he was in a few things. He's he's been a lot of other stuff as well, but he's yeah. only in the he's only in the film for, you know, a short bit of uh time here at the beginning. Yeah. Um and yeah, so that's I mean that's the the cast um, for the. I I don't believe I've seen Evan Marsh in anything the lead in this. Oh no, actually no, I'm sorry, he was in Shazam. He played Burke Breyer. Did you see the the DC Shazam, Raven Shadow?
4: Most of it up until the <coughs> most of
2: it. <coughs> most of it, motherfucker.
4: Most of it. No, I saw up until the uh, the Savannah scene, like downright fucking treacherous when uh that Savannah. Like wreaked havoc on the boardroom, and I gotta watch because I love I love the dude that play Shazam. I uh, fuck it's fucking Captain Marvel. God damn it! Um, I you so know good. they can't call it that though, but it's fucking bullshit. Um, I agree, but he's so good. He's yeah. been on uh, Rosenbaum show, Inside of You. Uh, probably- yeah, and he's so good. I forget his name. But uh, but yeah, it's fucking Captain
2: Marvel. It's like, fuck. It's fuck Captain Christ. Marvel, Johnny. You you fucking derailed him. He's <laughs> broken now.
1: <laughs> no, I
4: I didn't break him. I'll, t- I'll tell I'll you. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> sure, there were several other opponents before Johnny that had uh, <laughs> had a hand in that. Oh, uh, Zachary
1: uh, Zachary Levi, Zachary Zach Levi. Yeah. I almost said Zachary Quinto. <laughs> he's, he's pretty awesome, but um. so dope too. Yeah, uh, so handsome. So handsome. And then also Amber Goldfarb, I didn't recognize her, but I thought she had a, a ton of charisma on the screen. She, in this, um, she played the, the character Carrie, um, one of the one of the other leads, and I thought she had like great charisma. I thought she was just. I I was surprised that she hadn't been in a lot of other things that I'd seen. She's done a lot of voice work in video games. So I would recognize her voice from some of these games. Um, and she's done some TV stuff, but it seems like she hasn't done a ton of, of film work. So maybe this is one of her kind of breaks into, into film or, or recent breaks. She's done a lot of TV stuff. So, um, yeah, tons of games though. Like I'd say half of her credits are video game uh credits for uh doing voice work. Uh okay, so let's uh let's jump into this. Vicious this Fun. Um this one looked like it was going to be kind of what the title says, fun. Like I had I had I watched the trailer, read about it. It looks it's a horror comedy and I it, and it and and the fact that it takes place in the 80s um you know immediately kind of like gets me excited about it because you know that's our bread and butter right that's where we grew up was in the 80s so 80s films you know i think for the most part speak to us we remember them very fondly and it is kind of a, a tough uh, tightrope to walk because you can do this style of film and film miserably if you don't hit all the beats um or you or it could be wildly successful and you know, I think that this one had, right off the bat, it had that sort of fun um, 80s aesthetic to me. It had the, the color sort of neon drenched feel to it. It had the synth score. It had a lot of that stuff. And I thought that it, it kind of nailed that aesthetic. Um, what do you guys feel about the sort of taking place in the 80s and the aesthetic that was presented?
3: This
2: movie just, I I didn't want to step on anyone's toes, but fuck it, I'll go. This movie, right from the get-go, I had a chip on my shoulder with this movie. Because you put fun in the fucking title, and you based it in the 80s. So right there, you had a high fucking standard for me. But you know what? This movie fucking nailed the 80s, because they didn't go over the top. They did not, like, just drench you with, this is what the 80s was. No, this movie made you feel like it was actually filmed in the 80s. Like there was nothing over the top about it. Yeah. It just set you in that world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was there was uh, there was some subtleties involved. You know, it's it's kinda like what you see on, on I don't know if you guys seen it on Facebook where there's this meme that's going around saying showing uh, what what everybody's vision of what the eighties was like, and that's like uh, it shows like a, a giant Rubik's Cube end table with a with a Big bright neon lamp and big colors and everything like that and in uh uh wild colored furniture and shit like that meanwhile in reality the 80s was like wood panel walls and drab and <laughs> yeah. things like that and and it it, it captures and and actually it, the this movie captures both of those um it, only where it's necessary though uh but but yeah you guys are right they uh the, especially the neon the neon really and it's, it's 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 especially the neon blue and the neon pink that really pops in those in at those in those uh nighttime scenes um it, i yeah i think i think they nailed the 80s pretty damn well here uh the the hairstyles uh the the clothing i mean yes you, you got one guy wearing a members only jacket you know mm-hmm. so it's like you know cuz this takes place in the early 80s 1983 three, if i'm not mistaken yeah, so, so you know members only was pretty hot back then and uh so you got guys wearing members only jackets it driving around in, in their crvs and and uh uh just you know the hair the, the clothes the style the makeup uh the, you know everything they just they nailed it right and as far as aesthetic goes they nailed that right too without going overboard
2: i'm sorry i'm just gonna call you out on one little thing here what were they driving around in
0: (laughs) crvs the dodge crv crv cr dash v
2: i have no idea what you're talking about because my wife drives a crv and it's an suv it's a honda
0: (laughs) Maybe I'm thinking Honda CRVs. No, no, they had no. He drove around the the Trans Am, and it was was a Volkswagen Bug. It was a car back then. If I'm not mistaken, it was called the CRV. I think you're mistaken. (laughs) I might be mistaken. I don't know. The eighties was a long time ago.
1: It was. did did a ton of drugs in the eighties.
0: Hey, I was twelve. I was twelve in nineteen eighty-three. (laughs) Okay, You guys were barely. You guys were barely. Old enough to stop smelling like your own piss after a while. So,
2: <laughs> well, at least we stopped. Sorry, <laughs> which which vehicle? <laughs> which vehicle are you trying to talk about? Do you mean
0: the station mean, wagon, the bug, the, the Trans Am? Yeah. Oh no, it was it was it was a, like a sports car sort of thing. That's a that's a Trans Am. was Bob's Trans Am.
4: I was thinking like a ORV or with. It, probably, or probably
2: was I don't there was know. A, but, that was a Screaming Eagle Trans Am. That was the okay. same thing, smoking and the Bandit. Yeehaw.
1: <laughs> i surprised you didn't well, know yeehaw, that. Yeehaw, yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Rave Shadow?
4: Ow! I was thinking of uh, ORV with bullet holes from uh, the Goonies. We're for
2: off road. The Goonies, view. yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: So, uh, see so the basic yeah, I, yeah.
1: The basic premise of this is we have uh, Joel, and uh, I actually thought I actually thought that there was some pretty good like commentary in this too about about horror. Like we have he's talking to like a filmmaker, and he's interviewing him for his magazine. Uh, was it Vicious Fanatics? Was that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, or yes. a Vicious Fanatic. And you know, kind of like Fangoria, right? That's that's sort of the vibe they were going not, for not, with that.
2: Not kind of. I mean, that was fucking Fangoria <laughs> yeah. when they showed the actual magazine.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and he's doing like uh, an interview for, it, and the guy is showing him his latest film, and you know, he's thinking about making some edits, and you know, and and uh, Joel has some, um, uh, some thoughts about it, and he makes them known, and you know and it's kind of a funny little scene where he's like oh well that's what you know horror fans will expect that and and when you know so it's almost kind of like us as fans you know kind of like how we take a look at films like i just thought that that was kind of a fun little commentary and then he tells the director about his uh, idea for the the was it taxi cab killer or driller was i can't remember which yeah and you know, he was saying, like, oh, it's such a good premise because, you know, a cab driver has no connection to the person, but he knows where they live, you know, so it makes for the perfect serial killer, right? And so the filmmaker is like, yeah, that's a shitty idea. <laughs> but I mean, that, that does come back later. So it, it was kind of a big thing that, you know, Joel had brought that up. And so then he goes home and he kind of has a crush on his roommate. Um who, uh, Sarah, Sarah was the roommate's name and Sarah is coming home from a date and he sees that, that aforementioned Trans Am, uh, pull up and he looks out and sees them sort of like, you know, going at it in the car and he's jealous because he, he clearly likes Sarah. And, um, so then when Sarah comes in. She's like, oh, I'm going to hang out with the girls or something like that. And he was hoping to hang out with her. So he's kind of like bummed out. So he goes out to – he eventually goes and ends up following the date, um, who – his name is Bob. And he goes following him to a a bar, like a a Chinese food restaurant and slash bar, and just tries to kind of find out a little bit more about him, get some intel, so to speak. And while he's there, it's. I thought that that scene was actually really pretty funny with him drinking with Bob at the bar. Um, Raven Shadow, Bob. you know, you know what that's like. So why don't you talk about that scene?
4: <laughs> so what do you mean, like he's drinking at a bar and he's getting a drink on? Yeah, you know what that's like. Yeah, it happens. What are you gonna do? You fucking, you know, you just you just have a conversation and you drink, and then you know, fortunately for me, um, in those conversations, someone didn't walk away and then I was never left with their beer tab or their drink tab. Well, that you never me. walked away. You stumbled. Well, true. <laughs> but no, I, don't, I never get left holding the tab. Um, but I did like the fact... What's the main character's name? Joel. Joel, Joel definitely was rocking some Marty McFly. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, good, good call. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. You know, not for nothing. Um, and it... Uh, it's a horror comedy. I would almost, going into it, would have been okay if there was less comedy. Like, I like where this was building to. I think this is a great premise. Um, I almost kind of wanted... Well, maybe, maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but... Oh, maybe um, you're getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> all right, but yeah, so that's basically... the bar, he sees Bob, and he's basically his members only meets uh, Drive... Um, Outfit. Yeah. Uh, who's the boy that Mars loves? Well, one of the boys that Mars loves. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. I'm going to say Arms say. But yeah. Uh, he was kind of like 1980s uh, Ryan Gosling, you know, with the sunglasses. I think he maybe had driving gloves. Oh, no, but- no, 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 no.
1: He was Patrick Bateman all the fucking way.
4: Okay, okay, yeah. All right, fair, true. Um, right down to the
1: fucking raincoat. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh no, right you're right yeah yeah so and the in business this ball, cards and, and everything yeah yeah no i a uh, good good pull good pull um but uh i forget i forget his name again uh marty mcfly joel ends up joel ends up going into a room like it's like a bar but it could almost be like an american legion where they had other rooms where maybe they could rent for various events um he went to hey. a closet <laughs>
0: You don't rent nope. a closet.
1: Whoever shadow has, yeah. <laughs>
4: how, much, how much for half an hour in the closet?
1: Come on, <laughs> we're
3: gonna
4: we go back to work soon. Does the Blarney <laughs> Stone have a closet?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: Uh, Multiverse Productions did, <laughs> but uh, uh, so anyway, Joel. Ends up in another room, right? Not in a closet, but with other cast of characters who are rather diverse.
2: In oh, the, when he wakes whoa, up and whoa. stumbles
4: out.
1: Yeah, wait, hold on. I, there's a couple things I want to get to before that. Um, oh, is- I, I wasn't like making you take over. I just want to get your opinion about drinking out a bar. You have a lot of experience. Yeah, this, this,
2: <laughs> this is why you're not in charge of the summary. <laughs> well, I miss it. I miss it. I miss. Yeah, well, you know, you miss it because you don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched the bar.
4: The bar. <laughs> I missed the bar. I, missed the I was going in. Yeah, Blindstone's closed. It's fucking terrible. It's a pandemic. Well, d-
1: so at the beginning, is, we actually neglected at the beginning, we see uh, Carrie, and I thought that that was a great opening scene because she is in the car with this old creepy guy, and she's at a phone booth, and the the guy is kind of stalking her, and. Happens to like go up and say, hey, "Hey, I, you know, I could tell. Looks like you need a ride. You need, you know." She's like, "As far, you know, yeah, I'll take a ride as far as you can bring me." And so he, you know, is this kind of old creepy dude locks the doors and you know is getting this all excited about to have like sort of gotten this this young pretty girl in his car. And then uh, as soon as he locks the doors, like looks over to her and smiles, and then she pulls out a fucking switchblade, boom, right into his right up through his like yeah, his like chin up through his mouth. It was fucking it was a. it was a good good little opening. And uh right then and there you got the sense that uh something was up with this character Carrie, right? And then later on, after Joel has had several drinks and is fucking hammered, he stumbles out and he's gonna call he makes a call to his roommate. Um because you know he's he's thinking about her and 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 he's you know a little little stalkerish and um then uh it turns out that uh carries on the phone on the on the payphone and he waits and then uh so they bump into each other and then he makes the call and then immediately after the call he fucking vomits all over the payphone it was, it was uh I just I thought it was just really it was kind of unexpected, but I thought that that was a pretty funny
2: little bit. It was. It was almost like he was calling the blackout tapes. <laughs> yeah,
1: Rear Is that kind of what it's like?
3: Bobbleo, <laughs>
1: Bobbleo. <laughs> so yeah, no, I thought. Um, and then from there, he just stumbles into a closet and passes out. Basically, wakes up several hours later, kind of wanders in, and there's just a he wanders in and back into the. Chinese restaurant and there's a meeting going on of some sorts and so they're like oh you must be Phil and because no one else could get in because the the door's locked and you know like so he's like yeah yeah (laughs) and so he sits down and so this is the meeting is run by David Koechner um, who plays the character Zachary and what he's wandered into is basically like a self-help group uh, a self-help group for serial killers and everyone's kind of talking about like the the, you know sort of the ins and outs of of how hard it is to be a serial killer and some of their um you know some tips and tricks that they've found and things like that and I just thought it was a really fun scene because he wanders in not knowing what it is, but he through context he sort of gets an idea of what they're talking about um but he was being super vague at the beginning and i just i thought it was like a one of these really situational scenes that creates good comedy right like it's you wander into this 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 sort of like scene you don't know what's going on but you're trying to fit in and not stick out like a sore thumb and so you play along right and uh, raven shadow I, I could see you doing that because you, you over the years have passed off that you've seen movies that you haven't seen <laughs> you you're good at filibuster uh so i, I feel like you would have been okay on that in that situation
4: Sometimes maybe you work at an angle, you know, try to read the room and try to say words. And uh, belong. <laughs>
0: well, we've all tried. We've all tried to say words in our lifetime, Raven Shadow.
4: Yeah, no, I got this far. Okay, I've been, I've been in rooms. I'm not saying I've been in rooms with serial killers, but I've been in some rooms with some fucking,
2: some fucking dudes. Um, hey, me and you have been in the same room. Oh crap! That was that allowed? Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: no, have no, the, the, the the meeting that takes place in the, in the restaurant is an awful lot of fun and and you get a lot of information out of it. Um to see and and w- what I loved is that as the meeting is progressing and everyone is talking about the trials and tribulations they have of being a serial killer you see Joel's mind wandering, you know, he's starting to, you know, he's, he's waking up from a, from a drunken stupor, but he's slowly starting to get the, the feeling that, you know, things are getting a little fucked up here. And as he's starting to like piece together, what these people are all about and what they're talking about, uh, they start questioning him about, you know, so, you know, what's, what's, what's your, what's your, uh, MO, how do you go about it? What do you do? And so he starts talking about how he's a, uh, the cab driver and start So he starts using the story that he told the, the, uh, the film director earlier in the film Yeah, and he, and he supplants that story as his own life and they, tr- and they practically buy into it.
1: Yeah, it's it, it was a I thought it was a really effective scene. It was really good. And and we get sort of as you said contextually we get like a glimpse at what every every one of these characters is all about. Like we get enough to kind of go on. Like we have um as we talked about uh Bob played by Ari Millen was the Patrick Bateman character. Like you know like um he was totally that character. I mean, I don't know if there was any archetypes prior to patrick bateman that we could use in the 80s but he was that sort of like american psycho character and then from there we had um robert maillet played mike who was essentially like the slasher the the, the jason or the michael myers if you will right
0: the masked right. killer the masked giant killer
1: the yeah. masked giant killer exactly and he and he liked to uh, kill people mid-coitus as as they said.
4: <laughs> like the Aries killer, right? Like he'd be the one in the woods. The Aries killer. What yeah. are you what are you the insinuating? I'm just saying that he's a big guy. Aries is a big guy. They both have beards and they work in the woods.
0: And when they both talk you have no idea what they're talking about. That's fair.
4: <laughs> <What a fire>. <laughs> <laughs> That's not zero Aries.
2: See, come back in the studio wouldn't say this. Uh yeah, so I can bang your heads together like coconuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh shit. So, you know, and then we also had uh Julian Richings was playing the character Fritz who was like uh, an accountant and like but he was the uh, what what's the closest parallel, MZ? Cuz you know he was the clown killer. Was he the John Wayne Gacy or what's the closest parallel to you?
0: Uh because he liked dressing up like a clown and killing it, you you know you could go gacy. Yeah, that's the only. Although the the the, the physicalities between the two of them are oh, big yeah. are so on on both ends of the spectrum, it's ridiculous. So, but um, if we're just talking about you know their M O, it would it would have to be gacy.
1: And then we also had. Uh, Sean Bayek uh, was Hideo, and Hideo to me, he wasn't quite the Hannibal Lecter, but that was he was a cannibal. Like so, there was certainly an aspect of that, and he was also a chef, um, which I thought was kind of like a like a I thought it was a kind of a nice little twist to the character where he was like a traveling chef, and but he was also a cannibal. You know,
4: kind of like the guy from the show you guys liked uh, with. Um... The- Iron Chef. It's iron Chef. The secret ingredient <laughs> is... It's it's like... I mean, serial killers, That's a, fucking, it's a white fucking guy thing, right? God damn it. It's, it's mostly... You don't see a lot of like other Asian being serial killers. Overall, it's a fucking it's, white person. It's,
1: it's a white
2: male yes. thing. Typically, yeah. yeah.
1: And no, we're sorry about that. <laughs> Not always, but typically, yeah. Um, and then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know about David Koechner's character Zachary. I, I didn't get the f- the the um, parallels to other killers. Did you guys recognize any for him?
0: I tried to think of one and I couldn't. That seemed more like a
2: little obs- uh, obscured, where it was more of a, um, uh, action hero star. You know, where they just go and kill. You know, dozens of people, but don't feel anything for it. Where they're not necessarily viewed as a serial killer, but really they are. Like, they don't bat an eye about mowing down a dozen people at a time. Yeah.
1: And as far as uh, the character of Carrie, I didn't get any parallels. I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe a little bit of the Black Widow killer, but not really. I mean, she just had... She was kind of an interesting character. I don't want to say too much about her role in the story because it could be a little bit spoilery. But, um, or I guess in a sense, maybe kind of a Dexter sort of character, right?
4: Without giving, well, I buy that. Yeah, wasn't the most famous female serial killer uh, in the monster, the uh, Eileen Warnos? Yeah, Shirley Theron.
1: Um, yeah, Shirley Theron was the killer.
4: Yeah. But you know like no but that that that, that portrayal well, I, no,
1: I I know but
4: <laughs> You said her name like she was the fucking killer. Yeah, oh shit. <sighs> Something about Mary, yeah, she fucking kills people.
2: But, well you didn't specify the movie named Monster when you just said, you know, the monster. I had no idea what you were talking about at first.
4: Once again, it's a I, it's an American white guy thing that we fucking do. Not we, but like... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) 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 Oh, God damn Caucasians, you know. What was it? What's America? Uh, Fucking uh, Manifest Destiny, Baseball, Jazz, Comic Books, and Serial Killers. Thank you.
0: Oh, God damn. Happy Fourth of July. Is Corny still there? (laughs) Is Double D still there? Have we lost them? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but I will say that the character of Carrie, um, even though maybe she didn't exactly fit an archetype, uh, I, I really like what they did with her. I think that she had a strong screen presence, and I thought that she was kind of a kind of a badass character, right?
0: She was. She was uh, uh, one of the stronger female badass characters we've gotten in cinema in in a while.
1: Yeah, and I think. Yeah. She, And seeing – when I was looking at her um, filmography, I was surprised to see that she hadn't done a lot of film work because I just felt like she had a strong presence on screen. And it just – it made me – it was surprising that she hadn't gotten more lead roles. And maybe she hasn't gone through for too many, but um, I think that this is potentially going to be a springboard for her because I thought that she had a lot of charisma and really was really good in the role.
2: You know I think what? she was. I, she's been traveling the country, just killing people, and they pulled her aside <laughs> oh, and had her do this role.
0: <laughs> but you know what? I think everybody in this movie had a really strong presence. I, Not I one. The, the, there wasn't one person in this movie, as far as the serial serial killers go, that that you can actually like confuse with another. Each one was it, it, as far as personality and as far as physicality. Every every single one of them was different. Every one of them had their own unique look, style, and presence, and that that goes big, that goes far with me. You know, I I I thought everybody here looked good.
1: Also, the cops, I think too. Like we get the detectives. Um, <laughs> I thought that they were all really memorable as well. I think a lot of the characters in this were really memorable, and that's. That's not something we see too often in, in in a lot of films, especially like VOD films. Like, I feel like almost every character in this was memorable. You know,
3: it's
4: true. Yeah. Uh, the, the cops reminded me of like the BC Boys video sabotage. Oh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> I gotta say, um, my favorite was uh, pl- uh, played by Christopher Bowman, who did uh, Det- oh. Detective Jesse Doyle.
0: You're gonna say what I think you're gonna say. Oh, no, what oh is
1: it? No, go ahead. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was just gonna say that no, no, no. I really liked his performance.
0: Oh, oh, because when I saw those three cops, and uh, when I saw all those th- all those cops, I I prayed, I prayed there would be a line about mustaches, and oh, there was. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I. I went. Yes, I knew it. I fucking, I fucking knew they would do that. I, I, I was so happy when I heard that. I was like, fucking it, yeah. Beautiful.
2: See, I was, I was annoyed that they did that because that just seemed like low hanging fruit for, for what it was. It
0: just seemed too I obvious. Care. I, I don't care. It, 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 nothing wrong with pointing out the obvious. Not everything has to be a guessing game. No, I, oh, I no, 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 no. It's just that's that's just been done so much where
2: it's just it's annoying at this point where it's just anytime you have cops with mustaches, they got to do f- defend their mustaches to
0: the end of time. That is just that is done
2: to the extreme to me.
0: Now, see to me that's the uh, to me that I'm on the opposite end of that because I I, yeah I see a lot you know a lot of these you know the cops they have the mustaches you know and I agree yes but they never bring it up it's it's just they you know it's just par for the course you know it's just as you know a, a, a cop with a mustache is just as common as a cop with a badge but to make it self referenced. I got a kick out of that because to me, that's funny. Well, but what I'm saying is I've seen
2: that so many times, the reference to the mustache that is, that is boring. That is old to me that, that has been done too many times. Even the Apparently, you even haven't watched everything I've watched.
0: Oh, <laughs> I haven't you MZ? I know. I love, I live. I am family. just
2: saying that, that, Things I've watched, that has been done. That joke is, is overplayed to me. Even with the way it was referenced. Exactly how it was referenced. No, no, I mean, even, even with the way
0: it was referenced, you didn't care for it.
2: <laughs> exactly how it was referenced, where someone <laughs> took physical, like, was ready to hurt someone because of a comment <laughs> on a mustache. That is overplayed to me.
1: <laughs> I, I think they were just playing like characters, and that I, I think. Yeah. It, oh yeah, no, 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 I, no. I
2: understand. Yeah. I understand that they were playing, ca- but I have seen that so many times. This movie had didn't like buy into all these easy tropes until that. That is the one thing that I've seen a hundred times. If you ask me to pick out the one thing that annoyed me about this, was that like that was the low hanging fruit that they jumped on
1: it didn't bother me i i actually i actually liked it but it's a comedy i expect them to point those things out so for me it was in you know it was within the bounds of what they were doing you know but i, I get it if if it bugged you it bugged you you know uh but yeah i thought i thought that um you, you know like all of the characters really stood out in this and really shown whenever they had uh an opportunity and even like uh, Joel, uh, as played by Evan Marsh, I thought he played a really good sort of like bumbling kind of like not necessarily like idiot, but like like maybe like a lovable idiot, you know, like you, he's sort of the underdog that you want to kind of root for. And you get yeah. a, you get a lot of that in 80s movies, right? Like in, in almost every single like John Hughes movie or whatever, you always have this sort of like underdog who you're kind of rooting for,
0: right? The, the yeah. goofball. Not an
3: idiot.
1: He's
0: a goofball. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yep, that's that's a better way of putting it for sure.
0: Yeah, he's he's the Lane Meyer. He's the
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: uh, the Cameron Fry. You know, he's uh, you know, he's the geek from uh, Sixteen Candles. So yep. yeah, he's the love. He's the lovable goofball. You know, and and he shines. He shines in this. He plays it so well. He and and it's just like with the aesthetic. Of the film itself, it's it's not over the top. It's it's subtle enough. It's just right. It's it's perfect the way he nails it.
1: Yeah, and I think as a good counterpoint to him is as I mentioned, uh, Carrie is played by Amber Goldfarb was added that extra. Like if you had two bumbling characters, like it might it might not have worked. But having a really strong um, woman and you know the sort of lovable. Uh, bumbling goofball. I think together that that really worked well in terms of being in this world because a lot of these characters were caricatures and and like larger than life, sort of like um, stereotypes, if you will, I guess. And I think that these two characters kind of grounded it a little bit more. So I I think it. Yeah, I think overall the characters really worked, and I think having Evan and uh Evan Marsh and Amber Goldfarb as the kind of two leads um really offset a lot of the other characters and and just you know it, there wasn't too much ridiculousness. Uh I think it was the right amount for me anyways in terms of like over the topness for some of these characters.
0: And and uh I just want to turn my attention to Ari Millen. Uh Bob, the guy yeah. who played Bob. Yep. That guy he was the best thing in the movie. He was phenomenal. I could see him doing like a biopic of Eddie Izzard, <laughs> right? Yep. I That's- could see him doing a biopic of Eddie Izzard, uh, or he could be doing. Um, I could. See he he's got like um, this. Uh, he's got, he's got this way about him. Just his appearance, like a. Like, uh, from the guy who played Hutter from Nosferatu, uh, uh, Gustav von Wagenheim. He's, he's, he's just got that look and style about him that can, that, that fits in like, in like, uh, silent films.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Very animated. He's just got
0: that, yeah, yeah, he's got a good animation, good eye, good presence in the face. His eyes tell a lot, you know, and, uh, so... He seems like the kind of actor who would really shine in in silent films, but I would love like, to there's see a huge him.
1: Huge market for those nowadays.
0: <laughs> well, I know, I know, we're 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 late by about a hundred years. I know, but you know, I mean, you take what you can get. But but if there's ever a chance for an Eddie Izzard biopic, and there should be, by the way, I'd call up this guy. He he rocked. He totally rocked. And and when he took over the and when he uh, I don't want to say took over but uh, when he got to the police station, police station, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, he was just golden. Beautiful performance.
1: <laughs> uh, anyone else uh, agree? Disagree with MZ about that?
2: I'll agree with his performance was was done very well. His appearance I didn't hundred percent like because I didn't think it. Uh, Kind of jived with the error. I thought he was a little too greasy for what would have been the slick type of individual for that time. He should have been a little more feathered with his hair, not so greasy. And that's, you know, I'm just a little nitpicking with that aspect of it. But as far as MZ with talking about the silent films, he is, he's very uh, facially very expressive. And you don't get that in a lot of actors.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. He did have uh good uh facial expressions um and really played played up this the uh, sort of outlandishness of this character really well.
4: Ravenel was he your dude? He was my dude. He actually reminded me of like a younger um, who was it? Uh, I, the, act, the actor is great. Um, Redfoot in Usual Suspects and maybe Zed in Pulp Fiction. You know that guy? <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he could have been like his other cousin. He had that kind of vibe to him. He was fantastic. He was great.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of the performances really worked well. And I think that the, the bar/slash restaurant where most of the movie took place, I thought was a really good set, like a really good setting. And they really utilized it quite well. And and it, like, the way it was lit, everything, like, I think that you know, it didn't outstay its welcome. They had a lot of the film was shot there, but it didn't outstay its welcome and they had other sort of locations, which, you know, made it feel like it wasn't too confined. So, you know, I think they did a good job of really utilizing that set, but also um, using others as well to sort of round it out, like the police station and, you know, and, and the hospital and other things like that. So, yeah, I think that... um a lot of the a lot of like the acting really kind of stole the show in this, and obviously it had to have a uh, decent script, so you know I think the script was also you know well written like this worked, you know, and I think that they did a they did a really good job with it uh also I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the score. I thought the score was fucking beautiful uh yeah and the score I just want to uh mention was done by Steph Copeland. Uh, I'm not familiar with with her, but I did notice that she has some stuff out. Uh, she's released an album that's available. Uh, looks like on streaming sites and stuff like that. So I'm gonna check that out. I really dug the music. And um, let me get. Want to get the the rest of because uh, she's done a few other films. I think some films that we've actually um, even reviewed. I think she did the music for that movie. Bite. Do you guys? We didn't like that movie necessarily, but. Do you guys remember that movie? Where the the woman turns into like the spider. It was a few years ago. They made a movie. You guys have no fucking clue. Wow.
2: I'm going to say I wasn't present for that one. I don't think you were. Yeah. Good. That's my excuse.
1: (laughs) Uh, But she's worked with the director before she did that movie Antisocial. Uh, She did uh, Antisocial 2. She did bite the movie I was just mentioning and she's done a few other things I'm trying to think if there's anything else I thought she did another movie that we had done I guess not um but yeah so I really dug her her music I thought it uh fit the it fit the bill um very like dripped in synth very much um indicative of its time and I think that it really elevated things a little bit by making you feel like this was the 80s and it wasn't necessarily um, a lot of scores that we have in like these 80s kind of throwbacks are sort of more homages to that but I feel like this really kind of fit that era and it was was um, was right on right on point so I, I dug the music a lot in this as well.
2: the one thing I will comment on that was at one point, Bob selects a song from the jukebox yep. <laughs> to drown out the rest of, you know, to, to hide their plan. And because it's so exaggerated him selecting the, the track. And then when the track finally plays you're like, what the fuck is this? Um, I understand that it's a low budget movie and they couldn't afford the rights to a different song. But by the fact that it wasn't, such an outstanding 80s song because of the emphasis they played on it placed on it was a little distracting
0: for me yeah i I gotta i gotta say that that might be my only nitpick was the song selection uh i don't know i i expected you know uh i ran so far away from uh Flock of seagulls or lies, lies, lies from the Thompson twins. You know. Uh something more recognized in the eighties.
2: Yeah. Just because of the emphasis that was played put on that scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of wish it was something a little bit more popular.
1: And, you know, Ares could be right. It's it's possible that they couldn't afford something along those lines, you know? So that is certainly you know, could be part of it. Um, I, I don't necessarily feel the same way. I, I think that, um, I, I think the, the music f- was fitting. Like it's, it, it was reminiscent of that era and I really loved the fucking, uh, the moves by Bob, <laughs> with the fucking clap. And like, <laughs> I just thought that whole scene was fucking beautiful. And yes, maybe it would have been like a little bit elevated if, had it been a song we all recognize, but, you know, there's also licensing fees involved with that. And maybe that just wasn't in their budget or maybe they just wanted to go in a different direction and have something that wasn't recognizable for a specific reason. You know, there is, there is that as well. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought that scene was fucking beautiful though.
0: <laughs> and the performances, I think from, from really everybody was, was really quite good. Uh, yeah, like Robert Malay and Julian uh, Richings, especially Richings. I th- I thought he was really really good in this. He's 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 really uh, turning it on with uh, in the oh, horror yeah. world. Yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, he's 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 making himself known and and Malay. I mean, yeah, of of all the of all the ex wrestlers that came out of the Attitude Era. Kurgan never would have entered my mind at all.
3: Nope
0: at at all, and he is holding his own. He's doing a pretty damn good job, and he's convincing too. But then again, I guess when you're seven feet tall, you know, to play a serial killer, you know, they're you know, you you, you can convince people pretty easily. And, he, you know, he's menacing looking. He's got that big-ass beard going on. He's got those sunken-in eyes, really black eyes. And, and he's got that French accent that goes along with him ta- when he talks. So it's like, you know, he, he he's holding his own pretty well. And he did a great job here. Everyone did.
2: But, I mean, he's not just playing a serial killer in this movie. You're getting the the person behind the killer in this. And you believe his backstory with this. You know, with their little their little circle there, you you believe him, you, you feel for him.
1: Yeah. I and I think that um you're right, MZ, like he's not someone I would have ever imagined. But he, he has grown into get some acting chops as well because he's not just like a monster like you see in three hundred, you know, or um, you know, in uh Sherlock Holmes, you know, he does have some acne chops in, in his uh bag of tools as well, and, and I think that he, he gets to show them off a little bit here. I thought the character of Mike was actually pretty funny. Like he's not even that physically imposing, um because most of the scenes with him are him sitting down, you know, or close ups. So you don't actually really even get to see his size um as a selling point very much. So well, I think
0: you see his size when he's standing next to Joel.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Well, that, that's that's the one scene where he stands up, and that's it.
2: Beyond that, he doesn't necessarily need to be this giant individual. So it is all acting for him. Yeah,
0: but yeah. it doesn't hurt
2: seven feet tall. No, but I mean, you—they could have put you in that role and put you, just had you stand on a box. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I think the I'm looking, trying to find the band. There's a band called Drab Majesty that was featured on the score for Vicious Fun. Uh, so I don't know if that was the band, uh, the song that was played in the uh, jukebox scene. But uh, I'll try to keep looking and see if I can find out. But um, but yeah, I, I, I did dig that song, but I think you're right. Like if they had the ability to, um, you know, would, it would have been cool to have a song that we all recognize, you know,
2: and it was just I just felt that that just would have been more fitting for the character as well because he's he's wearing the members' only jacket. he's driving the transam. he is the the epitome of the now individual. yeah so he would play the now song. I was and ex- just by just by the fact that that song didn't come on. You know, whatever the now song would have been that day or that week, that just yeah. was a little bit of a letdown.
1: I, I don't know if if they I I can't recall if they were out. I think they were out and yeah. They, uh, but think of Patrick Bateman, like who did he love? He uh, would listen the news and Phil Collins yes, and Genesis. Yeah, I could see yeah. you know if they were able to secure something like that, that would have
2: made great great sense. A Genesis song coming on that. I don't know why, but a Genesis song would have been perfect in that scene.
0: <laughs> Abacab.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think there's some some real standout scenes in this. I want to start to wrap up because uh, we're we're running. You know, we started late, but we're running a little late on the, the discussion, and I want to make sure we get to all aspects of this. Um, but you know, obviously, we don't want to talk too much about what the you know, what happens towards the end because we don't want to get into too much spoiler territory, but, um, I, let's talk about the gore, MZ. Um, you're, you're the resident gore freak. What did you think of the gore in this?
0: Loved it. Loved it. Practical effects pretty much all the way through. Uh, if there was CGI involved, I didn't notice it. Uh, yeah, it was splashy, gory fun. It was, you know, innards and outards and and blood just everywhere. Uh, it was and it was just a lot of fun to watch and uh, a lot of a lot of the violence in this was, looked pretty painful too. By the way, so yeah. uh, it, so that it gets marks for that. Uh, really, really did a great job with with the uh, with the practical effects here. I was very happy with it.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. There were
2: there were a couple little things where I actually kind of caught me off guard, L- little you know, kills or whatever. You know, just just like oh, like happened very quickly. Didn't see it coming. Very nicely done. Mm.
1: Yeah, it, there was there's some eye trauma in this that I thought was really well done.
2: <laughs> well, there's a lot of eye trauma in yeah. this. It's like, <laughs> yeah,
1: there was one scene in particular that I thought was especially well done towards the end. Um, yeah. But just in general, like even, even like a stab in the back or, you know, whatever I thought was all done well. And, you know, we, we did get some, some, some decent gore here. There, there's fingers that were lost there, you know, there was, uh, <laughs> uh, without hands cut off, arms cut off, whatever. Like, you know, there was a lot yep. of really good gore. And I, and I, it looked to me like you said, look to me like most of it was in front of, shot in front of the camera and uh practical and i think that that i mean for for a film that takes place in 1983 i think you have to go that direction or it's not gonna it's gonna feel disingenuous right
2: oh yeah, exactly yeah you you would almost have to have a bad effect rather than have a cgi effect yeah in this movie mm-hmm.
1: Raven shadow how about you
4: gore you dig it yeah i did i did um Good practical stuff. I mean, I I didn't. In, well, we'll save to the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Guess uh, what? We're at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're at the end. So, um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to discuss that's not spoilery here. I think we've pretty much summarized a lot of it. Do you guys have any other thoughts of of sort of a, any bigger topics before we head to the verdict? Mm. Okay, well, let's do that. Head to the verdict.
2: Trick or treat, baby.
1: I
4: wonder if people would say you're a trick or a treat.
3: Trick or treat, motherfucker.
1: All right, it is verdict time. We're going to let you know whether Vicious Fun was a trick or a treat. And any final thoughts? Let's start with the Monster Zero.
0: This is the most aptly titled movie of the year. <laughs> this was vicious and this was fun. It was vicious fun. Uh, That's this, going on it, the box. <laughs> <laughs> it was vicious and it was fun. It was the this Best film the is an obvious. It was obviously made by someone who loves the genre. And this is by the fans for the fans from the first scene to the very last and stick around during the end credits. Yeah. Definitely stick around (laughs) during the end credits. Uh, This was an, this was fun. It was a fun throwback to the way horror movies were made, and I couldn't have been happier watching this. This was a blast. The performances were on target, the ambiance and the and the aesthetics were pinpoint perfect. Uh, my only gripe is is the song selection on the jukebox. Other than that, I have zero zero negativity towards this movie. This was a blast. The gore effects were there. The acting was there. The the, the, uh, the action sequences were p- pretty decent as well. Definitely check those out. Awesome movie. I highly recommend. This is a high-end treat for me.
1: All right. There you have it from MZ. Now let's go to Ares.
2: Um, I've, I've said it before. Um, one of the big things I love about movies is fun. And when you put fun in the title of a movie, motherfucker, it better be fun. And this movie did deliver. This movie is fun from start to finish. There's very little downtime in this movie. It just keeps you going, keeps you engaged. Uh, the practical effects are done outstanding um, for, for, the, uh, for the area it was staged in and for today's era. It's just outstanding. Um, the acting was done very well. Um, i have a little bit of nitpicks with certain little things we've we've discussed some of them um other little things are forgivable they they've set the rules of this universe uh, they set those early and they abide by those so some some of the problems that would arise are forgiven by the rules of this universe but if you love um, a good um, slasher movie check this out this movie is a treat
1: all right, Michael Ravenshadow. Let's hear from uh, the beak himself.
2: <laughs> <A>
1: what? <laughs> Ray? Well, ravens have beaks.
3: Okay, okay. Instead of
1: you know, instead of from your mouth, let's hear from the beak. Like you don't know, he um, doesn't like that at
2: all. Jesus he, Christ! You just confused yeah. him. Yeah,
1: don't let um, me pull out the rat boy.
3: <laughs> okay. I've had
2: a bad
4: <laughs> fucking week, Johnny. <time. laughs> <laughs> All right, give us, your, give us your give us verdict. Fucking times today, four hundred dollars since fucking Monday. Um, but um, so we've watched some film. We've discussed some films recently, and um, they're fine. Maybe I wasn't entirely engaged. However, this movie got me really, really uh, engaged, and. I'm almost interested more in the genesis of this movie. Like, I like to see the production, what they maybe what they originally wanted to do, and what that they ended up doing in the end. Um, because I I could have really watched an hour and a half of just them in the circle playing a game of cat and mouse about their serial killer kink. You know what I mean? Like, I was really fascinated by it. But overall, the execution of this movie, I was really on board with. Um, great characters, great look, great set pieces. Um, I could even uh, love to see a version of this film every decade. Get an 80s version, get a 90s version, get a 2000s version. Um, but overall, I, I did highly enjoy it. I thought the punchline was fucking great. Um, I, this would be a great double... double uh, feature of this and vfw pick the order i think it could be a good time but uh but overall i would say this is definitely a uh a high entry and uh and check this out all right uh for me
1: i really fucking love this i thought this was so much fun uh it was vicious and it was fun <laughs> uh no but i i thought that this was a really strong film uh, it it had a lot to offer. It had great eighties aesthetic. It had a great score. It looked awesome. Uh, great performances. Great script. And even the um, even the se- or the, the the story they were telling. The plot was was like seemed. I'm not saying it's completely original, but it seemed like something I hadn't really seen before. You know, like I don't think I've ever seen a support group for serial killers. Can you guys ever remember seeing anything like that in a movie? I mean, no, and in this day no. and age, it is difficult to come up with new, fresh ideas, and I thought that that was just such a great setting to force this sort of like a goofball into and see him get caught up in this fucking world that he has no clue about, even though he's a horror writer, he has insight into films, but this is real life horror for him, you know, so I thought that it was a great um great premise, really created some some good contextual comedy uh, because of that. And then when he gets all caught up in it, you know, I, I thought that it was really well executed and I loved the character of Carrie. I like, we could conceivably see more films with her in it. Right. Based on what was established. So
2: I, I want to see the sequel to this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like there I is, love a sequel. they could do more with this. And I think that it would be fun and fresh and you can do it in different ways. I mean, this this came off as, you know, sort of this um, goofball character who is caught up in this thing. But in the in in, if they were ever to be a sequel, they could go in a different direction with it, and they could do almost like a even like a gross point blank style of like you know um, movie or something along those lines. You know that that's more of kind of an action where you kind of know going in, and there is not this kind of lovable goofball angle to begin. I don't know, but I, I think that it, it is rife for more content. You could even do a fucking TV series, right? Like that could be something, right? So I, I'm not saying that that's going to happen or, you know, it's, it's, right now it's an indie horror movie that's on shutter. It's, just, you know, direct to streaming. But I think that I am like super interested to see what Cody Callahan does next as the director. I think that he had a real strong showing here and, uh, I think th- the acting was really like a notch above like in a lot of the v o d films we see we you know acting can be hit or miss, and this one was for a lower budget movie had some some h- more kind of high profile actors. David Keckner adds an air of sort of um what uh uh like what am i trying to say um he's like, the terrorist but, of independent film well like an air of um of um, sort of like professionalism, you know, like it's not just an indie film. This dude has been in like, you know, like national televised shows and he's been in some big comedies like Anchorman, you know, so he brings some, some, some cred, some street cred to, to your indie film. And then you have other people like Robert Maillet, who has been in some, some big budget stuff and Julian Richings, who's more of a genre actor this day, these days, um, so I think that it really had a good mix of everything and it just was the right confluence of, of events to make a really fun film. And yeah, I mean I applaud them. I think this is I think this is great. I, I really love this and it feels different than a lot of the stuff out there. And it wasn't a throwback for throwback's sake. I feel like the throwback angle of this was completely made sense for what they were, the story they were trying to tell. It wasn't just a throwback to do you go with a specific style, or to or to uh, capitalize on a on a trend, I think it was. I think it's because they wanted to tell a story in the eighties, you know. And even if they did it for those other reasons, that's also fine. But I didn't get
4: the sense that they were going for that. So, right. Well, when we think, I'm sorry, you, go ahead, go ahead. Do you think you think eighties and slashers. I mean, you think slashers. You think 80s, serial killers. That's the time frame. Right. Right. It, no cell phones. No internet that's the thing you wouldn't so maybe you might know somebody named phil okay i guess you're phil then you know so is that right time frame yeah
1: yeah i know exactly so yeah no this is this is a, a, a this is a ball I, I really dug this film a lot and uh i'm super excited to see what uh what comes next from cody cody Callahan and uh also um amber goldfarb hopefully you get to see more of her because i thought she really shined in this so uh, also, the score uh, really, really dug the score, um, and you know, like we'll definitely keep an eye on um, any of the other work that uh, Steph Copeland does from here on out. So, yeah, uh, really awesome film. I think a lot of horror fans are going to really dig this. Uh, I don't think she's in the chat room right now, but uh, Creepy Girl was in it, and she said she really liked this movie. So, um, so there you go. That's uh that's our discussion of Vicious Fun. Uh, I think a lot of you guys are going to really dig this. So if you have Shudder and you haven't seen it yet, just uh, give it a look. Uh, it's like 100 minutes. Uh, I think people are going to dig this one a lot. So there you have it, our discussion of Vicious Fun. Now, next week uh, is another film I've been looking forward to, and this one's been getting... Uh, some pretty good buzz on festival circuits and also um, early sort of VOD buzz because it came out last week. And the name of the film is Werewolves Within. And uh, this is an adaptation of a video game um, where werewolves attack a small town. That's it. That's all you're getting. You excited, Raven Channel? Yeah, I like werewolves. Do you like swear wolves? I love swear wolves. <laughs> and uh, this film does feature Harvey Guillen, uh, who plays uh, Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Oh, shit. I fucking love Guillermo.
4: <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm doing Sunday. What? Watching that show?
2: Yeah. You mean you're putting it on and then walking away from it and doing something else? Yeah,
4: still counts. Okay, no, yeah, it doesn't. doesn't
1: count actually.
4: Oh, I've only seen like probably like four. I actually, I haven't watched that since we used to record in the previous Castle Wolfenstein. I would get home and I would catch it, you know, laying in bed.
2: Sex, but right? you've you, yeah. but you've watched you've, you've rewatched Smallville five times. It's 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 Clark
4: becoming. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: All right, so Werewolves Within it is available on VOD. We will uh check that out next week. And if you guys have uh if you get get a chance to check it out and want to lo- let us know your thoughts, feel free to send a voice message to podcast at trick or treat dot com. And uh we look forward to
2: hearing from you. I have an important question. Yes, please is within one word or two.
1: Uh, It is one. Werewolves. One word. Okay. One word within
2: one word. Within one word. Okay.
1: Thank you. Continue. You hear that, Rave Channel? He's writing it down.
4: Yeah,
2: I made a note.
4: Werewolves. W a e r. W a w a e r. (laughs) That's
1: not how you spell werewolves. W E A R. W E A R. No.
4: I'm, I'm going to wear
2: the wolves.
1: Oh,
4: God. Uh, I'm, having, I'm having fun with you. No, you're so, not. This is
1: not fun. I, this is not fun for I, me, at least.
2: <laughs> it be, it'd be used. fun if you could actually show that you were writing that down. Um, I'm I, Aries, if you were in studio,
4: I have a fucking pen and I have my fucking.
2: And you have a piece of paper, but you didn't actually write the word down.
1: Yeah, where's your lucky bamboo man? That'll help you.
2: All get the bamboo. You should physically write the word "werewolf" at the very least, because that would help you find the movie.
4: Corny, why are you asking Corny? He's my friend. Okay. Uh, you think he's your friend? I know he's my friend. (laughs) Bear, wolf.
2: What? In London. (laughs) i can't fuck it
3: all right
1: all right we got some voice messages wrote london you guys ready want to hear some voice messages let's do it all right this is uh from our boy first time mike thank
5: you what's up trick-or-treat family this is first time mike how's everybody doing i got a uh short review of skull the uh the mask uh, I watched it, uh, twice, uh, first time it was, uh, a half, half of the movie on the Shutter uh, TV streaming part of the, of Shutter, and I found it enjoyable and strange enough where I watched the whole movie. Uh, it's bloody, gory, fun funfactical effects, reminds me of a 70s, uh, horror magazine, which had a lot of the same things, and, uh... Just visual candy i spent a lot worse time spending that running time watching a movie than skull the mask i give it a treat uh but not too seriously throw it on fun it might be fun to watch with friends that are into that uh, but again i'd like to see what these guys do in the future now on to uh vicious fun uh this was a movie i was going to pass up until you guys said you were going to review it and the first, like, 15, 20 minutes had me kind of regretting watching it because I did not care for the main character at all. Uh, the things I kind of jotted down as I was watching, pretentious, douchebag, uh, stalkery, borderline incel. And uh, as the movie went on, though, I saw his, uh, his path of changing as uh, the, the events of the movie go on. And uh, he became a much more likable character by the end, which I was surprised about. I was kind of hoping they wouldn't uh, uh, reward his uh, douchebaggery in in the way some 80s movies have a tendency to do. Uh, But it took a different path than what I thought the movie was going to be just by the description. And uh, so uh, I was entertained by this movie. Uh, I enjoyed the 80s touches, which were there, but not like... Totally forced on you. I liked uh, the variety of the killers, the uh, uh, garbage authorities, from the the moronic cops to the uh, the douchey, uh jerky doctor uh, to uh, the neon colors of the Chinese restaurant. I enjoyed stuff like payphones, all there, you know, letting you know it's in the eighties, but kind of not clubbing you over the head with it, and onto performances. Like I said, I got the Joel. I didn't like him at first, but uh, Evan Marsh, the guy who played him, started, you know, he he started humanizing as the movie went on to and grown as a result of what happened. And I thought he did it well. He was a a, a fun... He became a lot better character by the end. Uh, Amber Goldfarb as Carrie was great. I love her. uh, She's a mysterious lady at the beginning and as it goes along you learn a lot of her secrets in the movie too and she's a powerful woman a good-looking woman but her attractiveness is never used in this movie as a uh, a way to move the plot along or to achieve anything which is unlike a lot of 80s movie and i'm i'm i was very glad of it she was a badass chick and that was allowed to be how she was in the movie uh, the Killers were all fun. I love David Ketchner and anything he's in. He was great. And uh, the standout though was Ari uh, Millen as uh, as the chameleon Bob. Uh, he was channel He had a Matthew McConaughey like uh, just tick around him and energy that he just uh, turned into interesting as he just took on I- different identities, quirky dances and he... Uh, all, you kind of think he's the weakest one but he's also just one of the, the best serial killers in the movie and just uh, creepy as hell when he wanted to be and uh, one of the best things I like about this movie and it, and it implies the world building of uh, this there's a lot of like serial killers going around survivors victims people that hunt these uh, these uh, killers and it does it all with di- dialogue and some prop work, implying a whole world where a lot of movies would just kind of lay down thick with a mythology. It builds mythology easily and I would like to explore this world some more because it looks like there's a lot of like little plot twists that you can go from this movie and make other movies out of it. I had fun with this movie a lot more than I would have. I give it a treat and uh, I say check it out a lot better than I thought it was going to be this is first time Mike wishing everybody a good night hope that your 4th was safe and go Milwaukee Bucks finals baby bye <laughs>
1: thank you first time Mike always good to hear from you and glad uh, glad you dug the flick it sounds like uh, he may not have watched Vicious Fun without uh, us doing it so uh, glad you were able to uh, check it out and uh, do you guys have anything to uh, comment on I mean, he mostly was just uh, giving his thoughts, but
2: yeah. Oh, I'm going to disagree with him. I do not think that uh, the main character was a douche. Um, I could see how I feel- he would
1: he would think that. Um, I think in doing it in sort of an 80s style, it's it's a little bit more harmless. Um, but I do think that the, he was bordering on being a little creepy. You know, so I could see. What he's oh yeah,
2: like, no, you know, no. Creepy and naive in how he was going about what he wanted to accomplish. But I, the, the the moniker of douche, I, I don't feel he deserved that. Um, Bob, on the other hand, was more along those lines. Um, and I do feel that the... How he was... I'm sorry, Joel, was it?
1: Joel like, was the main I'm character, awful. yeah.
2: Joel, yeah, um, how he was going about what he wanted to accomplish was shot down beautifully in this movie yeah. where like in most 80s movies it's just kind of you know like oh that's cute that's adorable what he's doing no in this movie it's just shot down so beautifully
1: yeah um, and also sounds like he mostly dug uh, Skull the Mask yeah um so there you have it uh FTM and uh sure go Bucks. I, I don't really have a dog in the race in the uh NBA finals, but uh I, I like when my friends are happy, so there you go.
2: Are the Celtics in it? No, yes, no, no. I get
1: eliminated.
2: No,
1: then the, <laughs> I, the I got nothing then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like the Bucks, go Brady. Uh MZ, you're muted. I <laughs> can't hear you. I see you talking, but we can't hear you. <laughs> He's probably talking the whole time.
0: No, no. Uh, I didn't even know there was a season. <laughs> uh, okay.
2: And it might drop Yeah,
1: that's what you have to add. Yep. After all that,
2: press all the right. mute button again.
1: <laughs> all right. First time, Mike. Pleasure to hear Thank from you, up. my friend. Ravechild, did you have something to
4: add? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>
1: Uh. <laughs> All right, we got one more voice message, and this is from Shakima's Holiday Shack.
3: Yeah. <laughs> all right
2: all right did did someone make a song of us yelling at each other is that what that was
3: uh,
1: I only heard music.
2: I definitely oh, oh,
1: heard voices. <laughs> hey, I think those are in your head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, the voices in my head speak Spanish.
1: <laughs> Adios mio. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> La Cucina. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, uh, Shockma's Holiday Shack. Um, Thank you. All set. Thanks. Well said. thanks. Yeah. Good, the Dynamite drop-in. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Hope to hear from you later.
1: <laughs> You're going to hear from me in your fucking nightmares.
4: My new ringtone.
1: That's, yeah, that's your new ringtone. Is that your new tattoo?
4: That's yeah, my new reggaeton. <laughs>
1: All right, well, I think, let me just double-check, but I think that's it for voice messages. so we're going to end on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um Thanks, Shockma. Shockma I wonder if that would be a fun movie to do a commentary over
3: I don't know it wasn't
4: it wasn't fun the first time <laughs> you didn't love Shakma <laughs> I don't know that was a weird one uh, and we'll chat in the chat
1: uh let me see I thought it had Shockma um samples but maybe I don't
4: I'm three. What's that? Got the oven preheated right now. It's ready.
1: What, what, what are you making?
4: Some Red Baron pizzas. I got one pepperoni and one uh, cheese. Deep dish. Uh, what, two pizzas? That's
1: not anything. Like 130 fucking... pounds soaking wet. Yeah. It's holding
2: it. a Yugo. Holding, holding, holding a Hyundai. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and why are you talking all creepy with the pizzas? Yeah. Ooh, I'm mean, Yeah, I got two Red Baron in the oven right now.
1: Yelling, baby. Oh, if I had my stretching powers, I'd reach in and open the oven right now.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Red Baron, you really get me going, baby.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: what the fuck? What is that? It's sexy, right? No. It's no. It's not. Red, the Red <laughs> not- Baron is not sexy.
4: I'm the only one that thought that was sexy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Your oh, own voice. True.
1: Listening to your own voice is sexy.
2: But I like Bro. you. My voice. That
1: not
2: <laughs> <laughs> You don't sound like that.
0: I don't. So, so if you find if your I voice sexy, so what? So what do you do? What do you? What do you come in your pants when you start talking Jesus. to yourself? Jesus.
4: <laughs> you should eat more peanut butter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: this uh here, this is this is what fucking happens when Raven Shadow opens up the fucking oven and his uh Red Baron's all done. Shocking audiences everywhere. <laughs> Shocking audiences everywhere, Raven Shadow. That was a shock of my attack. <laughs> I was
4: shocked. Look, bamboo is scared. Wait, here's
3: Hello? one more
0: <laughs> it's like shazam
1: i know yeah <laughs> oh shit um speaking of uh uh just sound clips i used this is when i used to do sound clips for the show but I, it's just too much work but um one of the one of the movies that we really love uh that was introduced to us way back i think on episode 50 or something like that was uh raiders of atlantis and that is one of the like classic, uh, you know, trick or tree radio film films that's we bring up every now and then. Uh, but did you see that it's uh, getting uh, uh, a re-release, MZ? I
0: did. Did I'm excited, and you should be too. Um,
1: who was releasing it? I'm trying to remember who who's putting that out. Was it Synapse? Uh, might be. Oh, Severin. Severin.
0: Severn, that's
1: what it is, yeah. Yeah, Seven. Uh So yeah, they're putting in, putting it out. Um, uh, you know, and as we talked about, directed by Ruggiero Diodato, the great Ruggiero Diodato, right, MZ?
0: That's
3: true.
1: And uh, yeah, we got some great samples from that ar- as well.
3: All right, way to go, way to go!
1: <laughs> Warsh.
4: Oh, I've done it. I've neutralized the warhead.
1: Uh, where is that? I got that one.
2: Hey, Wash! I've done it! I've neutralized the warhead.
4: Have <laughs> <laughs> you seen that? So I think we should think about uh, *Rage of Atlantis*. Uh, *Miami Connection* could be sexy. That's old school. Um, uh, I, don't th- you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to
1: kill you, Mike. I don't want to kill you, Mike.
4: <laughs> that was to you, Raven Shadow. Oh, thank you. Oh, Please <laughs> gives me the creeps.
3: <laughs> Can it move? I'm We're mobilized. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh shit, that movie's fucking great. So yeah, Raiders of Atlantis. Severn is uh re-releasing it, so uh people should fucking and, jump on that shit.
0: I also just found out just before we got on the air tonight. Found out from uh Warner Archive. They're releasing a Blu ray of One Crazy Summer.
3: Ooh. The Archives.
0: That's so awesome. how about. Yeah, right?
1: Uh, uh, I could wear that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Bob can't go through in the fucking Godzilla costume.
0: The Godzilla costume,
1: yeah. <laughs> were you that. Hey, li- were you- yeah, were you that little. <laughs> were you the fat kid, Ed? No, I used to be a bumper! Fat? Why are you so fat? Why are you so fat? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's another classic. That's uh, that's one I wouldn't mind uh doing a commentary of sometime, just because it's
0: more yeah, John Cusack so
1: fucking quotable. Bob and so f- oh
0: my god, Bobcat Goldthwait, Rich Little.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot Rich Little. Rich Little, Demi Moore, right? Yeah.
0: She is in it. Demi Moore's in it. Yeah, Demi
1: Moore's in that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I'm glad they're re-releasing that. But um, yeah. Well, I think that's gonna do it. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we head out? No, oh. no. I want to go to bed. Raven Shadow, is the is the oven? Did the oven beep? Is it preheated yet?
4: Oh, it's beeping. Yeah, know it's nice. Always concerned. Uh, I gotta put them in because I haven't eaten today, so I'm ready. I'm gonna have uh, two of those. What are you gonna
1: watch when you have this feast? This
4: Red Baron feast. I'm probably not gonna watch it. I'm probably gonna pick up. i uh, will probably check out some uh, talk without rhythm podcast. Maybe. Oh,
1: look at you! Uh, Are you gonna put on your
2: monocle? Yeah, no, I'll put my headphones on. <laughs> wow!
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Goro should be proud. You're choosing Goro over like just some random movie that you can talk about on uh, Bomba Radio.
4: Yeah, or it could be the Larry Sanders Show. I'm, my, I'm on. Like, uh,
2: yeah, I, I I call bullshit on the podcast. He's watching TV. No, Aries. I'll, I'll tell you right
4: now. I was checking out episode five seventy six of uh, Talk Without Rhythm. The dogs. I'm not.
2: Have- I'm not saying you don't listen to it. I'm saying when you're eating your pizza, you're turning the fucking TV on.
4: Maybe sometimes I like this noise.
1: <laughs> well, Raven Shadow, enjoy your double deep dish red baron experience. It's fun.
2: And that talk without rhythm is noise. Okay.
4: No, it's fun noise. It's like fucking make you smarter.
2: Ooh, the oven's pre-eating, baby. I'm going to shove
1: my Red Baron inside you. Ooh, baby, I got on three <laughs> Why don't you get your oven mitts? <laughs> I'm not even going to use my oven mitts to take you out. Baby, why don't you move your oven
4: flaps over?
1: And- <laughs> <laughs> your oven flaps.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Let me put it on this tinfoil to make sure that nothing happens afterwards. <laughs> Let me put
1: this pizza on tinfoil so I don't make a mess.
4: <laughs> so I
1: don't have to clean anything up afterward.
4: Yeah, sure, I do. I
1: do gonna, I do eat it. And I'm gonna put it on a paper plate. <laughs> <laughs> Ravesha, do you even own uh, uh any dishware besides paper?
4: You know it's all clean, isn't yeah, it? Has <laughs> it's in the cabinet. it's in the cabinet, collecting dust.
1: Dust, yeah, it's never been used.
4: I have to find <laughs> find the fine china, I got the Fabware in the back.
1: <laughs> oh shit! All right, all well, that's it. Everyone uh, this weekend, enjoy Red Baron on Michael Ravenshadow. He'll pay for it. Just send him the bill. What do you? What do you do, Ravenshadow? Preheat the oven. What? What? What do you? Uh, for how long? And and for what temperature?
4: No, nah, 375 for about 20, 30 minutes. 20 to 30, that's a big range. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, 10 minutes in between. You know what I mean? That's a fucking commercial break. So I do that,
2: and then I what? put it in. There. What?
4: That's a
1: you mean
2: you turn it on during the break, and it's ready when we're done? Oh, what I mean and is you- how
1: long do you cook it for, not not how long you preheat. Oh. Pe- people want to know when they make their Red barons this weekend, how long.
4: You want to get hot, though. You want, you want the no, hot. No, I know. It's, so it's
1: preheated. We, we established that it's preheated. How long oh, do you cook it for? Oh,
4: sake!
2: harrys fucking. He's, I'm trying to get sexy with him, but he's not letting me. <laughs> Red Baron Pizza is not sexy. We established that. Do you cook it for ten minutes, fifteen minutes? What?
4: Yeah. like you know, yeah. Twelve and a half. Till it's done. Oh, I used God. the force. All right. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Everyone stick to Elio's <laughs> You can't fuck that up Blub 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 Yeah <it'd> fucking <laughs> Nuclear fucking cheese Alright let's That's say fun. goodbye Starting with MZ <inaudible>
0: Aries, Goodbye
1: you, Joe? <laughs>
4: Live fast, love hard. Survive with your mask on Can you take
1: your mask off to eat Red Baron Is that okay
4: yeah, it's just it's me and Ollie. We're fine.
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe still- Shells gonna have a mask that so the mouth is open so he can smoke.
3: Again, okay. yeah.
1: <sighs> I don't want to. You're gonna drive MZ fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know if I like just like. Letting Raven Shadow go I don't know what I like more Letting Raven Shadow go on and on and on Or <laughs> how much it pisses MZ off I'm not sure I which I like better
3: See, I, I think we should just I let it
0: go Until he just gets fed up out. and hangs up I could just hang up if I want to
2: No, You yeah, can. But then you, don't, you don't get to The enjoyment of the after show
0: Yes that
1: so, is
2: very enjoyable y- Yes listeners there is an enjoyment of an after show Yep, yep. No
1: one
4: You guys looks- got- we're all vaxxed up, right? We're all vaxxed up, hanging Yeah, we, we vaxxed that ass up already. We talked about that. But do you guys wear your mask in public?
1: Yes. In stores, I definitely do. Um, I I was wearing my mask walking uh, Aussie, but I, I, since now, I, I don't wear the mask doing that anymore.
4: See, I didn't, I didn't do that with the I would smoke, and that'd be bad. <laughs> but, like, I still I, uh, be like, that's a fire. Yeah. Um, But I still wear a mask at at the work jobs and in public. But I feel like they're looking at me like I'm fucking the asshole. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's that's going to happen. Like, I've heard a lot of people say that now because you don't have to wear a mask anymore. So a lot of people are like, what the fuck you wearing a mask for? But like, you know what? Don't. Who cares, Raven Shadow? Like, if if it makes you feel better, you should do it. Well, I'm looking at them like they're fucking liars. Right, exactly. That's the thing. You don't know, right?
2: Trust the the me. problem is, anyone still wearing a mask is vaccinated. It's the people that refuse to get vaccinated are the ones that are hundred percent not wearing a mask.
4: That's my thought. I mean, that's my thought too. Like I don't be a fucking pariah, but like fucking, I think they're the fucking liars. And much like the superheroes that we love, we're wearing a mask to protect our friends and family. Like the Watchmen.
2: I mean, well, bottom line, you just do whatever is makes you feel comfortable.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: So get your red baron, you know, like go eat, think about what you want to do. We won't uh-huh. judge you, Raven Shadow. Okay, wear your mask. Wear your Very mask good. to bed if you want. That's okay.
3: Yeah, Ollie
4: well, got one. Ma- I got one for Ollie too. <laughs> All
1: right, we got we got to wrap this up. Hemzy's gonna fucking go mental. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone so that is going to wrap up episode 467 as uh mentioned earlier we're getting close to the nine-year anniversary if you guys want to start sending in voice messages uh feel free to uh send them in just you know subject just let me know nine uh anniversary or nine-year anniversary whatever just, just to make sure i know uh because i never listened to the voice messages prior to playing them that's why uh <laughs> Shockwave's <laughs> message got played. <laughs> uh, I never listened to him prior, and I like to experience them live. So, uh, if you guys have anything for the anniversary, just make sure to notate that it's for the anniversary, and I'll make sure it's for that show. And uh, next week, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the film Werewolves Within. So, check it out on VOD. And if you do happen to see it, let us know what you think. Podcast at trick or true uh, That's it for now. We'll see you next week.
4: Oh, man, it was spinning
3: and spinning and spinning. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>